anyway, I'm pretty sure like I remember hearing like, okay, go to camera one, switch to mic two, like all that kind of nonsense going on in the background. And I hear that in my head every time when I'm getting ready to record our show before any of us is talking. That's amazing. I don't know if I heard it there or if I imagined it or heard it somewhere else. I don't know. But I always hear it. Okay, open the Etherpad. All right, right click on all the links. All right, open a new tab or middle click on all the links. All right, start typing the shit that I forgot to type earlier today. Plug the microphone in, dummy. That's what really goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> really, I mean, that's it. It's all there is to it. Headphones go behind your shoulder, idiot. Touch your forehead. Can you feel your forehead? Yep. Still feel it. Okay, you can have another sip of the drink. Is the wall melting? I don't drink that, dude. What are you talking about? You random. Episode 77 for, well, sometime in October 2022. No, not that kind of pipe. Anything new and exciting we should talk about before we uh, actually start? Unless you guys started without me. No, we did not start without you. I would not blame you if you had. We should have waited until you finally, like, as soon as you logged back on and then just been like, now this is. <laughs> I would have laughed very, very much. Why am I never I, as clever in the moment as I am <laughs> post the moment? I totally would have yes ended you on that one, Tosh. We could have had him. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another insert adjective here episode of You Random. As always, I'm Lyle. With me, I have, also as always, my good friend Pokey. Insert clever intro here. We'll do that in post. Hi, Lyle. We, we are not doing that in post. All right, Lyle, introduce the party pooper, too. And no, we will not do that in post, Taj. I poop at parties. Well, other people have the best toilets, so of course you poop at parties. No, they don't, because they don't have a bidet, and I do. Okay, fair. Toilet paper's not good enough. I can't argue <laughs> with that at all. You're 100% correct. Damn right I am. So it's been a whole month since we talked last. Yeah, like an actual and, month and, this time. And, and then some. And almost nothing happened. <laughs> I mean, a Speak lot happened. for yourself. None of it is worth talking about. Most of it is best forgotten. Yeah, that. I'll go with that. Except that, um, oh, feedback. Wendigo gave us some drive-by feedback. Yes, he appeared in IRC, made a comment, and then left. And that comment was? Oh, did I not even write it down? Oh, good job, me. Now I have to actually go look. I th I, I'm guessing that I, I told myself the biggest lie. Oh, yeah, that lie. My daughter and I were talking about that lie the other day. It was very strange. The, no, no, I don't need to write that down. I'll certainly remember. Yeah. We were talking about it in the context of smoking marijuana, which is just a weird conversation to have with my daughter. I could see that being a little awkward. No, it was not awkward at all. It was just weird. I'll talk about anything to keep her talking because it, it, it's time I get to spend with my daughter that just, you know, it doesn't happen a whole lot anymore. Ah, so the comment that he made was that he he too has an ingenuity. Uh, it is best the best way to make a cup of tea. He is going to have to look up how to do into the coffee version. Well, oh. I, um, response from the front. I have tried just using my ingenuity to make coffee, and it works surprisingly well. He just that gave me my own real topic. Thank you, Wendigo. Dang, is it? Jeez, uh, I hate to be selfish like that, but it's almost a segue. Um, nah, go for it. Let it roll. I you mean, if there's some of those, I was going to say, if you've got a good looking segue, you take it. I don't care if it's a self segue. Either way, thank you, Wendigo. This one's on you. Uh, yeah, I bought the Clever Dripper and I gave it a try, and it's really good. It you you put the grounds in, you put the filter. Well, you put the filter in, you put the grounds in, you pour boiling water on it, and you time it, and then you put it on top of the cup, and it pours in almost no time. It goes through 
It's a great big valve. Um, and it makes a very consistent cup of coffee. And it's like the only time I made a worse cup of coffee is when I forgot to put the timer on and left it too long sitting there and it actually got cold. Uh, other than that, the worst, that's the worst cup of coffee that came out of it. And it was still, I mean, not, it was probably not worse. It was probably not better than, than the best cup of coffee out of my old dripper, but the average cup, the regular cup is better than what I would get out of my old one. It, it's, it's, it's at least as good as the best one that my old uh, pour over made. So yeah, I'm very happy with it. Oh, hang on a second, guys. I got to I gotta go grab something to do this next part. I, I forgot to bring it in here. Shit, we needed props for this episode? Nobody told me to bring props. I'll, I'll give you all the props you need. Thank you. Thank you, La. Okay, I got it. And this was the only negative thing that I had to say about the dripper is the instructions that came with it. They mix measuring systems too many times. It's not fun. Too much doing math? Yeah. So here, let me read the instructions out to you verbatim. So they sell it as an 18-ounce coffee maker, but the instructions are for 300 milliliters of boiled water and 200 grams of ground coffee. And then it tells you to leave it to brew for 14 minutes and a ratio of one to 15 to one to 20. So I got to do conversions between American flounces and the European milliliters. And then I don't even know what grams are and then make a ratio out of it. And the ratio it comes with is not even right because 18 flounces is nowhere near 300 milliliters. So it's fucked. I had to do all kinds of math on my refrigerator to make it work the first time. Wait, how does your refrigerator do math? Uh, with the dry erase pen. Oh, okay. That sounds like every time I've ever asked a student that ever. What did you ask a student? How did you do that math? <laughs> with a dry erase pen? Or something equally as smart asked. To be fair, I mean, I was their teacher, so they, they kind of got that modeled for them a lot. I would say I would be more concerned if your kids weren't responding in a smart-ass way. Wait, how was my answer smart-ass? I literally did it with a dry erase marker on my refrigerator. It's not pokey. My wife will be so happy that I can get this piece of cardboard off the counter. I've been saving it for a month just to tell you guys about it. Other than that, it is very nice. Only it doesn't make 18 flounces. It makes like 16 and a half or 70. You really got to get a good meniscus going if you want the whole 18 flounces. So, uh, Lyle? Mm-hmm. I, my, my finger has been hovering on the button waiting for you to tell me about the Steam Deck. Push the button. Damn it. I knew you were going to say that. Which model did you get? Did you get the, the, the all the way or the middle or the, the teeny tiny? I went with the mid-grade. That's what I'm... Uh, because I'm I cared about the faster storage more than more storage. Mm. Because I can continue to put micro SD cards in there to serve as more storage. And yeah, and that's what I was seeing a lot of people say is that really the micro SD storage is almost as fast as the other storage. So that's, that's the easy upgrade. I mean, legitimately people have said that if you, as long as you get the right one, it is either unnoticeable or almost. Oh, this is getting ordered. I mean, are you using it the way you thought you would, or is it, because uh, I've heard a lot of people say that they're like, oh, I'm just using it in places I never expected to use it. Well, I largely don't leave my house. I wish I had that problem. But I have twice now taken it out to other places and was able to play a like full triple A game while sitting and waiting for my oil change. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Is like sitting waiting for the kids to get out of practice or something like that. That you know, time that I would normally spend doing work and not getting paid for it. That I could just play video games. Wait, I could play a AAA game while my oil is being changed. Not your oil. I mean, the car's if, oil. Not, not not if you do it yourself. Well, oh, I thought you meant it would teach my wife how to do it. E. So my oldest hey. is getting her permit right now. Like she's doing driver's ed, and that's one of the things that we told her is like you're gonna have to learn how to change the oil in the car. <laughs> to get your license you'll fail the license test i was like you know i'm gonna play this as a responsibility but really it's hey go change the oil so i don't have to well you're gonna teach her how to drive at the jiffy lube no no we change you're gonna put her underneath here. the car hell yeah and trust her to do that on her own yeah she's actually really good with tools and like mechanical things like it's kind of right up her alley other than the like being dirty part but they make gloves for that yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. And it's a thing okay, I don't want to do. Just don't give her the key. Make sure you check that there's oil in it before she starts it. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm serious. That's an easy mistake to make, even with years of experience. Well, it's even like for for my car, like when you change the oil, to get the oil to like come out of the oil pan, if the battery is charged on the car, the engine won't come on. So you have to sit there and wait for the engine to come on for it to cycle the oil so you can check the oil and make sure that it's, that's actually right. Wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. The dipstick should go into the sump. It, you should always check it with the oil all the way dripped into the sump. Interesting. You, you, are you t- unless there's like a electronic way to check your oil. No, it's the dipstick, but the, the, the way, the way on this car that it's the, how, how, how do I explain this? Um, the oil is outside of the engine and in, in what I guess is the sump, but it's way further down. Oh, that's a, uh, you're describing a dry sump. It's just, I'm shocked to hear that your car has that. Because the engine's really tiny. Yeah. And it's basically just a generator. Yeah. But it still should have a mechanical oil pump. And that requires like a bucket of oil and gravity is what puts the oil in the bucket. If your oil reservoir is away from the engine, then it has to have um, a different kind of mechanical oil pump that pumps air and oil. It doesn't care what it picks up, and it pumps everything out of a teeny tiny little, it's not even a bucket, it's just like the lid of a bucket, and it pumps that into a remote reservoir, and the remote reservoir has to have like an electric pump, or there's an electric pump to get it out of the pan, and there's a mechanical pump that takes it out of the remote reservoir. Either way, that's... It's it's usually only like super high performance cars, like race cars, have that kind of setup. Hmm. And it should run even with just the electric, not with the engine running, which is not what I thought. Oh yeah, you yes, like, yeah, you have a plug-in hybrid. It should run with the electric without the engine running. That was my understanding when you said that you had a plug-in hybrid. Yeah. Today I learned. That's the second thing I learned today. But you always check your oil with the engine off anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not running the engine, <laughs> checking it. Okay, good. You'll, you'll wind up overfilling the, it that way. I'm leaving the cap off, leaving it running. I'm doing all sorts of fucked up shit before I check my oil. Okay. By he, the way, he, he is trying to find the wrongest way possible to do it. Wrong answers only. Well, you already got that wrong. Damn it. You said cap off. Cap off is the first thing you do when you're changing your oil. Yeah, or you can't, like, A, you, you're going to make a vacuum, and B, you can't put more oil in. It's the can't put more oil, more oil in thing that most people don't realize. And yet there, it's possible to get a cap that doesn't come off. I changed my oil. No, basically, you just removed all the oil. Exactly. In, in a worst case scenario situation, 
I can get the oil out of that top cap. I can't put oil in through the bottom one. Yeah, gravity makes that difficult. Right. I've heard of systems that use neither. I've heard of systems that use a teeny tiny little hose and they snake it down the dick dipstick tube and they suck out all the oil and then they put it back in through the same tube. It's got to take forever, but it's it's insane. I've done that on a tractor, but with a like a pump siphon. Yeah, that's that's basically what that is. What, or what at least I think it's what it is. I've never seen one in person. Yeah, I mean, I mean, pretty much exactly what you said. You take the oil off, you stick the pump siphon in, si- siphon out all the oil, then you put the oil back in the same place. Through a dipstick tube, though? Um, I mean, the dipstick is there, but it's not like the size of a dipstick tube. It's, it's way bigger. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I've heard of garages doing it with cars. I mean, that tube has got to be a quarter-inch ID at the most, and you have to fit a whole other tube inside that. I can't imagine how small the the id of that is with enough pressure anything's possible yeah but it's vacuum (laughs) you have to take it out with vacuum there's only 14.7 pressures Eh, we'll work it out it's fine or one pressures if you need them in bars okay well lyle's gonna make me spend a bunch of money on a thing that i just want and don't need so uh, there we go yeah by the way that's all the review you needed he bought the middle one and you're like oh money will be spent that's all the review you needed to decide to buy this thing Yes, because there are tons of people out there that do reviews on it, that have had it, that are like, this thing is fucking amazing, and you need one, and it, it's awesome. And I don't know anybody who has personally ever put their hands on it. Lyle's the first person I've talked to that has actually held it that I know and trust. So, yeah, him saying, yeah, buy it, that, that's enough for me. Wait, you trust right. me? I mean, with this. Well, yeah, implicitly. Actually, I kind of trust I, I trust you with pretty much all things at this point. I mean, you're my legal counsel, my spiritual advisor. Um, oh, no. I, I, I'm sure I've got some more jobs for you. So far, Lyle, the only thing I couldn't trust you with is picking out my tattoo. I'd let him pick out a tattoo for me. Him convincing me I, to get the tattoo is going to be the hard part. I'd let him pick out a tattoo for you also. <laughs> Somehow, I feel like that that is completely what every you random meeting is, basically. We just <laughs> described it. Yeah. I, I would love to take this segue, but I do want to actually talk a little more about the Steam Deck first. Excellent. So, Taj, have you held a Switch? A Nintendo Switch, not like a Cisco Switch or something. <laughs> I, saw that smart-ass, I saw that smart-ass <laughs> comment, comment, comment coming and headed it off at the path. It came through the tubes. I appreciate that, because that's probably where I was going to go. Actually, yes, we, we own a Switch at my house. I just never play it. I, I picked it up and played it one time. Um, and it was, it was okay. Like I could play on it. It was just, there was zero games on it that I wanted to play. Now, is it the switch or the switch light? It is the full switch. Okay. I want you to imagine that with a better screen. Okay. Feeling better in your hands because where your hands go is actually not flat. It's a, it's <laughs> kind of it's shaped bulbous. like a hand. Uh, more, more like a hand anyway. It's a little heavier, but for what it does, it, it should be. The battery life is variable depending on what you're doing. You can sit and play some little, like, um, retro-style game. There's a big resurgence in, like, indie games and stuff that are kind of 16-bit art. Dude, your mic just got twice as better. Because I'm talking about retro games? No, mid-sentence, your audio quality just doubled. Well, I did nothing. That was weird. All That was very weird. It didn't sound bad before, but all of a, su- all of a sudden it sounded twice as better. I didn't hear anything. Well, I mean, I heard him really? talking, Maybe. but I didn't hear it get better. Maybe it's Pokey's internet internet that got better. Maybe my wife turned off her 
silly shows. No, because it was not a it was not a, a, a compression quality thing. It was almost like a, an echo went away or something. That mm. will fix it in post. Anyway, oh, this thing's expensive. Yes, it is. My only two questions were: Does it come with a controller? Which now that I see it was a stupid question. And how much did it cost? <laughs> which now that I see that was a stupider question. So yes, it comes with the controller in that it is the controller, uh, and it costs a lot. Yeah, I don't want one anymore. I was I was thinking like, oh, maybe I'll just pick it up to try it out, so I have something to talk about. But no, not for that price. Um, so in case in case you guys don't know or the listener doesn't know, it's a full on like Arch based Linux desktop. Well, I would say cool. I, I would say underneath, but it is like you don't even have to like go into a developer mode or anything to get to it. Just like in the power button menu, it's like, hey, do you want to switch to desktop? And then you get a KDE desktop. I was going to ask if you had played with that, because one of the use cases for this for me would be, yes, to play whenever I just want to play. But then also, instead of packing two laptops when I travel, I could take this and my work laptop and do any personal things I wanted to do on this in desktop mode. Uh, if you're going to do that, for the love of all that is holy or unholy or whatever, get an external keyboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say you need a keyboard because there's nothing here. Uh, I mean, it pops up an on-screen keyboard, but it it's bad. Yeah, that, that there would be a Bluetooth keyboard involved. Yeah, because the only thing you can type without that is Baxi. The on-screen be, keyboard is not great. To be completely honest, I usually carry a like one of the folding Bluetooth keyboards anyways for my phone because sometimes like if I'm getting in a plane to go somewhere, I'm not going to take two laptops anyway, so I just use my phone for anything I want to do personal. But phone UI is terrible, and I hate it, and I just want a desktop. You could also type dollar, but those keys aren't labeled. Um, so what I ended up doing is going through some tutorials and getting um, a whole package that includes RetroArch installed, and then my perfectly legally obtained ROMs deployed. Excellent. Uh, very easily through that. Uh, the only like truly nonsense thing I've done is getting TeamSpeak running. And that's just like I can sit and play my game and talk to my friends on TeamSpeak, which is what I would do at my full gaming computer. But, you know, sitting on my couch, petting my cat. What would you do with the touchpads? Uh, so far, I've not played a game that used them. You can use them. They are the mouse on desktop mode. And I think that they are available to be things. You may be able to use them instead of the joysticks in some games. I don't know. The joysticks aren't bad. They took a little getting used to, like the positioning I thought was a little weird at first, but after a few hours, I don't even notice. I can see them like RTS games or um, anything where you had like a scale. Like if you were going to do like a flight sim, like if you could map like the um, like the uh, Z axis of the touchpad to be like throttle or something like that, that would be nice. Okay. I bet you could. Yeah, I mean, most flight sims, any kind of input you can map to anything. They're they're pretty forgiving. Um, but yeah, so I've gone from playing, you know, retro-styled games. Video game. I've gone from playing retro-style games and enjoying them to, like, I'm playing a full-on AAA game, you know, sitting on my couch, which is nice. I like sitting on my couch. I don't. My couch is terrible. But I do like my chair. My couch is terrible also, and my chair has gotten terrible. That's no I can't tell my wife that because we spent almost a thousand dollars on that chair. I am sorry that your chair has no is no longer meeting your needs. Yeah, I know. I think I can fix it though. I think I'm. I think it's built that I can like unzip it and move the cushioning around, and I that's I probably just need to do that. That'll be a winter project, I think. I hope. Well, that's not too far away. 
I know. Can't wait. I'm sick of being hot. You suck. I, I don't think the weather's gonna gonna change anything about that for you, Tosh. A actually, it's been like actual fall here this week, which is the best. So you know, I love yeah. actual fall. We only got fall colors. It's actually cold in the morning and at night. Very very sad. We the last I I had to put my motorcycle away three weeks ago because. I had no more tire left and I just got it back with new tires and it's too cold to ride it in the morning. Boo. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, me too. Cause I would have gone camping with it a couple more times and I may still just out of stubbornness, but I might die. So if I'm not here next month, you'll know why. Die Please from die. freezing or die from motorcycle. No, from freezing from motorcycle. Psh. It was like, I'm confused. I'm not dying from motorcycle until someone tells me the, the Alzheimer's is setting in. Then I'll die from motorcycle. Another day. It is not a good day to die. Well, I have to do it the day they tell me the Alzheimer's is setting in or else I'll forget to do it. You know, that's a good point. You got a good point there. Thank you, sir. I don't like it, but I agree with you. Hang on. We got to think for that. I can't argue with that at all. You're 100% correct. Every once in a while. Today so was your day to be correct, correct, Pokey. So is there anything else about the tires or is that you just want to say you got new ones? I rode them home. They feel weird. I haven't even had a chance to break them in. I, I can't even give you a review on them. All I can say is I got new motorcycle tires. They feel very different than my old ones. They're, it's a different brand and a different model. So they, they feel weird, uh, which I was not expecting. I can imagine it's probably the thing that has the biggest impact on how, how the motorcycle feels. Yeah, but I wasn't expecting the kind of difference that it was. It's 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 really strange. Like if I'm going slow, it's almost like someone greased up the the bearing that lets the the handlebars and the fork turn. It's called the head bearing. Um, it, it it feels like someone greased that up and it's brand new and fresh. It just it turns super easy. If I'm going fast. It's like someone tightened it down too much and it won't turn at all. It's there's a tremendous it feels like there's more effort to move the bars. And the old tires that I had, they wanted to fall over all the time. They just wanted you to fall into a turn and you were all the way turning all the time. It was really, really easy to go into a turn. Like sometimes too fast. I would scare myself and, and almost put my foot down because it felt like it was turning too fast. And and they would change direction really easily. These ones, it's almost like I have to lean the bike all the way over before it starts actually turning and changing directions. And then to stand the bike up again, it takes a lot of effort. But again, they're not broken in. This may go away and I'll probably get used to it. They're just, I, I don't, you know, they're just, they're strange. It was really weird riding home. It felt really different, but we'll see. They're like the most popular sport touring tire on the planet. So they, they people have to like them for something. Yeah, but sometimes sometimes people like things that aren't good for reasons that are not clear. No. Well, the ones I had before were Pirelli um, Angel 2s, or Pirelli Angels were actually the last ones I had. And they're, they're really good at going fast and leaning over really far. They've got a, a lot of traction when they're leaned over far. And they're good at, they're allegedly good at lasting a long time. And, and right up until my last two sets, they were good at lasting a long time. Um, I was getting like 6,000, maybe 7,000 miles out of a rear tire. But the last two that I had, I only got about 4,000 miles out of each one. And that's, I was not happy about that. It was just gone before I was ready for it. Um, 
And then these ones I have now are the um, Michelin Road 5s, and they're supposed to be the best tire in the rain that humankind has ever produced. And Dang. people love it for that reason. Oh, yeah, like they're seriously good in the rain. But I got to say, I was in a torrential downpour with my Pirellis last month, and they were, I mean, the rear one was almost bald. And they did just fine. It cut right through the rain. There were cars like stopped on, on the highway because they couldn't even see it was that much rain. And I was like nervous that I was going to going to get hit from behind because people are stopping in front of me. And I, I just I didn't even it didn't even feel like there was that much water. It felt like rain. Obviously, I was soaking wet, but I, I couldn't the bike didn't feel any different in that kind of deep rain than it did on just a, a slightly rainy day. It, they, they cut right through it. It was pretty good. So if these are even better, then I don't even know what to say. I'll have to tell you next spring, I guess. Yeah, I would not want to ride a motorcycle in the rain. A, it doesn't sound fun. B, I just riding a bike in the rain is dangerous enough. I can't imagine riding like a motorcycle. Oh, it's so much fun. It's I would say that riding a motorcycle in the rain, depending on the temperature, because I can do I can do warm and wet, or I can do um, like cold and dry. I can do either of those just fine. But cold and wet, I cannot do. It's it's miserable. But rain on a warm day on a motorcycle is terrific. You you go, you know, about a third slower, but it's just as exhilarating. Every little input is magnified, so you have to be that much more precise. It it just it adds to the almost to the difficulty level, but it really lets you exploit all of your skills that you practice all the time. It's 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 really terrific. Yeah, it didn't make me want to do it anymore. It's it, it's the same reason why the most popular type of motorcycle nowadays is the adventure bikes, because riding on a dirt road at 30 miles an hour feels like riding a modern motorcycle on the pavement at like 70 or 80 miles an hour. It's just you, you feel like you're on the hairy edge all the time, but you're not really going fast enough to hurt yourself. Not badly, you know, um, and you're not going fast enough to get a speeding ticket almost ever. So it's kind of like the mountain biking of, of motorcycling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that shit scares oh, that, me too. That that's kind of more like motocross or, or off road riding. Adventure riding, it's just it's gravel roads, dirt roads, you know, that kind of thing. Just whenever you want, you can kind of give it a little throttle and kick a little roost up behind you. It's it's that kind of thing. But yeah, so far, no real review. And thank you to Pokey for our first non review. As always, we are uh, you know blazing new ground in the most mediocre way possible. I mean, in this case, we're going you know backwards, but it's still new ground. There's more where that came from. Hey, I have all kinds of other things not to review. Maybe that should just be our shtick. Hey, I I'd heard about a cool thing. Be, That's it. I'd hate for it to be our long term thing, but for this show, it just might be. It's a not a review review. So we missed a uh, a segue into Lyle's ink. Yes, I have acquired new ink. A whole lot of it. Like, that's square footage I would measure that one in. Yes, and hours. And it's nicely done. I just, in Signal, I just dropped you guys a picture taken just, like, a couple of hours ago of it all healed up. Oh, I won't get that for a while. My phone is turned off for a little bit. Sorry. Okay, well, it's gorgeous. And the artist loves it, and she said she wanted to do some touch-ups on it just to pull the contrast out some more. Yeah, that held up really nice, man. I mean, it's been three weeks, and I've been taking good care of it. She, she told me not to go in the sun. I laughed and told her that wasn't a problem. 
you ma'am have found the correct specimen. <laughs> Thank you. I was already not going to do that. But, you know, what I told her was I wanted the death card. I told her what parts of it I liked. I sent her a couple of pictures and then I showed up and this is what she had for me. And it's kind of bigger than I had initially expected, but it was just so gorgeous that I couldn't pass it up. I couldn't like ask her to even make it smaller because I knew that we would lose some of the beautiful detail. So you, she did have it mocked up before she put it on you. Oh yeah. They have a, like she had it on a drawing. And then when I said, yes, okay. Then she turned that into a, they, they do this kind of a stencil thing that they, they photocopied onto like a stencil thing, put that on your arm. And it puts like this purple, basically, you know, the, the old three layer things that you used to write on when you would write on it, it would kind of push through. Yeah. Like, a um, yeah, carbon copy type of thing. Yeah, so it kind of does something like that. She kind of she got my arm wet with the like solution they use to clean and prep it. Put that thing on. It transferred some of the ink, and then she basically just traced on. But all of the like sh shading and stuff, like at the bottom, and all the like wispy, smoky flame stuff, that was all freehand. Gotcha. I will tell you, the so bit it's up, more of a crackerjack temporary tattoo than a carbon copy. A little bit of both. I, I was just trying to think about the way to describe it. No, I get you. That makes sense. I will say the stuff all the way at the top on top of my shoulder blade fucking hurt. That's real close to some bone. Yeah, with not much between the skin and the bone. Yep. Is that what makes it hurt? That there's no like sort of cushioning there? Uh-huh. There is not much me between the uh, the needle and my bones. Gotcha. It's like the difference between, you know, walking up and patty caking a concrete wall as hard as you can. Or punching a concrete wall as hard as you can. Yes. Oh, you know, when I was in high school and did Taekwondo regularly, um, on a regular basis, like if we were sparring or practicing moves or anything, bone-to-bone -bone contact was severely discouraged. And now, later in life, I can't even like cuddle in bed with my wife. If our bones are touching, it's uncomfortable. I, I have to move so that... It's not bone-to-bone -bone contact. It's, it just it kills me. Interesting. You have to know what I'm talking about, right, Tash? I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, we, I wouldn't say it's discouraged. It's just tactically used. <laughs> like, if you do it, you better mean it, and it better be put you in a good position to finish, because usually nobody wins in that exchange. Um, because fucking ow. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a thing you can do. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it, it was discouraged. You don't do that in sparring. You're not going to shin kick somebody in their shin with your shin. I mean, because someone's going to the hospital. If you if you do, even at sparring speeds, someone's going to be laid up for a week. Nah, <laughs> that happens all the time. Oh, really? You guys, see, yeah, we don't do, we didn't do that. But now, like, I can't even, like, if, if we're lying in bed together and our kneecaps are touching, it's like, nope, one of us has to move a little. I mean, we, we literally, um, at least in the one style I do, we literally do drills where you're basically doing that, where you're taking the, the bone of the arm and, and, and intentionally hitting the bone of the other person's arm and repeatedly doing this. Oh, but yeah, but that's conditioning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not, yeah. It, it's not like, well, you know what I'm talking about. You're intentionally doing a bad idea so that later it doesn't hurt so much. Yes. Although, usually we get carried away and testosterone takes over and we're doing it as hard as we can. Again, conditioning. You're, you're toughening up the area so that it can survive such a hit. Yes. It's, it's not even about it not hurting later, Lyle, or hurting less. It's just that you won't break the bone if you toughen up the surrounding area enough. 
Yeah, that's not for me. Bone to bone contact is it's still not comfortable. I think, you know, now that you discuss it that way and thinking about it, it's probably a liability thing for the teacher. Yeah, I can see that being an issue. I've I've always been in places that were like, hey, this is uh we're learning in like a park somewhere and uh, you know, there, there there's no there's there's no accountability for anything. Roger that. So how long did it take you to get the tattoo, Lyle? I was in the chair five and a half hours. Jeebus. Huh. I think that's probably less time than I was imagining. Did you have your and, Steam uh, Deck? Me... No, this was before the Steam Deck. That's unfortunate. <laughs> no, you can't be even moving your thumbs for that kind of artwork. Uh, and let me tell you, I, I, I understand that tattoo artists are exhausted after a tattoo. I was fucking wiped out. I went, I came home, ate, and went to bed. Well, yeah, like your your body's response. I mean, you literally just got stabbed like hundreds of thousands of times. Your body doesn't know that that's a tattoo. Your body's just like, oh, shit, I just got attacked by a saber-toothed tiger. A very small one over and over and over again. Exactly. Same response, though. I got licked by a saber-toothed tiger. Let's not exaggerate here. Oh, no. No, no, no. Like, every one of those stabs can draw blood. Well, yeah, but so could the tongue of a saber-toothed tiger. They got little spiky things on them like a new kitten. I also have one of those. Holy smokes, Lyle. You made that sound like it was on purpose. I, I I was half thinking that it was, and I wasn't sure. But I figured you were putting it down, whether intentionally or not, and I was going to pick it back up. Now, we also uh, adopted a kitten. Her is name is all Dax. The cute? Her name is Dax, and she's adorable. Does your kitten have another kitten inside of it? <laughs> I have to ask this question. No. Shenanigans. Do you, do you lovingly refer to your kitten as old man? Not yet. You totally that, should. That, uh-huh. That is a missed opportunity, sir. Believe me that I will not continue to miss it. That was intentional, though. That's exactly why she's named Dax. When we were thinking about names, we went through, like, strong female names, and the Dax definitely, like, top of the list. Like, strong female characters. And we're like, oh, Dax. Yes, that one. Married a Klingon. Check. On purpose. Double check. But she's just, like, four pounds of walking adorable. I tell you guys about my wife's new kitten? I think I must have. Yes, I think you did. Yes. Not that you can't do it again, but I think you did. No, no, I don't need to. I'm a little bummed out because my cat is not named after a Star Trek character and everybody else's is. That's a good point. I mean, you know what the answer to that is, Tosh. I'm not getting another cat. I already have the cat that just won't die. He's been around forever. I mean, that's our... I mean, we just like, he's constantly sick. He has to take like medicine every day. And like, he just waddles around the house, just like, seems like he's miserable all the time, but he's not like, he's fine. He's just slow because he's old. And I'm just like, you're you're going to go soon sometime. It's going to suck when you do, but when is that going to happen? Okay. Call him Shatner. (laughs) He'll never die. I mean, his career will, but other than that. Again, perfect name for your cat. He'll stumble around and stutter everywhere. Uh, yeah, fair enough. And go to space. As a very brief aside, I'm pretty sure I saw a bobcat crossing the road today on my way home. It was crazy. I'd never seen one before. Oh, really? How did you know his name was Bob? It was a nickname. He had no tail. But I, I will, sorry, I will include images of both my tattoo and my kitten in the show notes. Yeah, I got to see pictures of the kitten. I've seen pictures of tattoo but i gotta see pictures of the kid now we just have to get the getting a tattoo and come full circle i have a feeling that there are people in my household who might object to that idea uh, one of them being the kitten <laughs> i was gonna say i have a feeling there's a kitten that will object to this happening 
You thought the kitten didn't like water when he sees the tattoo gun. Oh my gosh, that reminds me of something about the tattoo process that I really wanted to share that was super cool. Go on. They, they make cordless tattoo guns now. Huh, I have not seen that. I, I mean, it literally looked like, you know, a wireless microphone or like a wireless razor or like a cordless razor or something. But like the, the thing came out of it was pain and art. That's got to be way more convenient for the artist. Yeah. I would have thought less convenient because now you've got the weight of the battery that you're swinging around. No, uh, but you don't have this cable that you have to swing around everywhere and like you don't have to step on a pedal to make it go. And the the mechanics of it actually look probably not less complicated, but less clunky. I'm, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. Like Tattoo guns are like seem like they are pretty fiddly and this seemed a lot less fiddly and more somebody made a hundred thousand of these and sold them. Well, it's like just watching a tattoo artist like it seems like a good portion of their job is just like resetting their hand to like get the fucking cable out of the way. Yes. Yeah, I would. I would. I sort of would picture a battery pack strapped to like the wrist or forearm area, and just little wires going to the gun so that they're not a problem. But I, having all of that battery inside the back end of that pen, like changing the weight of it around, I, 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 I don't know. That seems weird to me. But thinking about how small the motors probably are in there that that runs the actual tattoo machine, I, I would assume you don't need a huge battery. And as long as they're like quick swapping, I, you probably get away with something pretty light. She did Five. not have to did not have to change the battery while she was doing my six hour tattoo. But yeah, I'm, but it wasn't it wasn't very big. That's astonishing. Oh, that reminds me of something. I threw a lithium ion battery in the fire last week. That was kind of neat much bigger fire no it was a big explosion a really loud one and it scattered all over the place it did not stay put and burn interesting oh yeah it made a big mess i had to go around stomping out little fires all over the place the battery itself unwound it was it was like a, a wound up sheet yeah. of whatever and that was like smoldering red and hot but i was able to throw that back in the fire it didn't it didn't flare up again. It was just the one quick explosion and the shrapnel from that. I was, I'm, dude, I was standing way back and I was about to get closer when it went off. I mean, was this intentional or accidental? It was intentional. Okay. I had, I don't remember where it came from, but the battery was clearly pressurized. It was, you could feel it, you know, it was bulged out and you could squeeze it and feel that it was bulged out. And I'm like, oh, this thing's going to burn my house down. I have to get rid of this somehow. And, you know, I, I could have just thrown it in the recycling bin and let, let it burn down their house. But I, I figured I'd like to see what happens if it goes in the fire this way. And science was made. Exactly. You were a nice, responsible person, person and didn't just make it somebody else's problem. Exactly. I made it lots of little problems that fly out at a high rate of speed. The ribbon thing that unraveled from it glowed a really weird shade of red. It was not like coal. It was like duller than coals but more uh uniform it was it was weird it was strange really neat don't do this at home why do i feel like we should have a drop for that on the soundboard <laughs> we may next time listen kids don't do anything i would do <laughs> literally anything this is like the podcast version of scared straight <laughs> that's how i say goodbye to my coworkers fairly often 
And they look at me like, yeah, no, duh. And every day I ask myself, what would Pokey do? And then I don't do that. It's a good way to live. In, in most situations, it is. I mean, treat people the way I treat them. The world would be a better place if everyone did that. But don't do what I would do. Treat people like I would treat them. Hey, stand next to this fire while I throw a lithium battery in. Oh, no, there was no one. I know I would not do that when anyone else is around because, you know, you could hurt somebody. Not even us? I would never hurt you guys. But I'm I mean, going to watch it explode. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, no, come on, dude. Let's go. If you stand further back than I am standing, then, you know, perhaps. I'll loan you my face shield and you can peek from around from behind me. I mean, that sounds like the start of every high school party I ever went to. Yeah, I know. Have you ever thrown, you know what nips are? Nips? What are nips? Nips is like a shot of booze in a bottle that's exactly one shot. Oh, no. I mean, now that you explained it, yes, but I didn't know that word. I don't know if there's another word for them. Single serving booze. I don't know. But but full strength, like 80 proof or 100 proof booze. You know what I'm talking about now? Yes. Okay, so if you drink one of those and you put the cap back on real tight and throw that into a fire pit, have you ever done that? No. I can, I can tell you uh, what's going to happen already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that, but way louder. And that's what science got me. I can predict <laughs> the bad mistakes outcomes. That's right. Yeah, it, no, it was really, really loud. Like I, It went off, and several seconds later, I was like, oh, is someone going to call the police on me? That was loud, loud. That was like gunshot loud. Or, your police department has those like uh, those like shot detector things. Like all of them got set off. <laughs> the sphere of microphones. Yeah, on the tank. I think those are mostly mounted on tanks, Taj. I'm not too worried about that. I remember somebody saying that the ones that they have in Louisville, like they just they literally have so many false positives. They're just not even worth the time they put them in. <laughs> but I think they could find me in other ways. Like, hey, you know the guy with the fire pit in his backyard. Well, most of his backyard has little fires going. I think it was him. We may have a problem. He's he's stomping them out, but uh, yeah, I think he exploded something. Go get him. As long as it was he exploded something and not he exploded. I mean, you're worried about that, and then I have the neighbor that like shot a, a container of tannerite so loud that it like shook everybody in the neighborhood's house. Oh yeah, you told us about that. I had to ask you what tannerite was. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, there was no police intervention, but there were a lot of angry neighbors. <laughs> police probably figured they didn't need to do anything about it after the angry neighbors. Yeah, no. Uh, no. Plus, all his tannerite is gone. What do you want us to do? Nah, he probably... This seems like kind of guy that probably has more. And to be fair, like, it's fucking fun. Like, it's a lot of fun to do. <laughs> like, everybody yeah, else was... Blowing like, shit up. Go ahead, sorry. Everybody else no, was... you go ahead, Lyle. You were going to say exactly what I was about to say. Newsflash. Blowing shit up is very cool. Well, it was kind of like, because I, I live in the same neighborhood as my parents. Like, so that's that's part of it. And like, my mom was pissed and her neighbors were pissed. And I was like, look, I get it. Because like everybody in this neighborhood, like knows each other and grew up down here. And it's like everybody kind of like, if you fuck up, everybody's got your number. Like, that's what it is. And this guy just moved in. And I was like. Okay, the guy moved into the middle of the country. <laughs> this is probably a selling. Moved in. This is probably a selling point for him buying this property, and y'all are gonna like harshes. You're gonna like harshes mellow right now by going over there. I mean, just tell him don't do it so big. Or if, like, my thing is like, if you're gonna do it, just just let everybody know that's what's going on. Like, hey, I'm gonna set off a big explosion. Nobody else would care at that point. The ones who did would show up with cameras. 
or <laughs> their own phones, guns anyway. Right, right. I'm surprised the only thing you weren't mad at is him not inviting you. Um, actually, that was exactly kind of what I said. Did I tell you guys about the big bonfire my neighbor once had? It's not ringing a bell. I'm, 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 I'm going to take that as a no. So it was exactly what you just described, Taj. Only he did invite everybody. And this bonfire, it was a pit in his backyard. A guy owned a bulldozer. And I don't know how many years he had dug out the pit or if he bought it with a pit on the backyard. But I'm going to say this bonfire was probably a quarter of an acre, if not more, if not a half an acre. Holy and shit. It was, oh, yeah. It was just filled with every tree he had ever disposed of or any of his friends or neighbors or friends' neighbors' friends had ever disposed of went into this fire pit. He was spraying diesel fuel on contaminated with water, but you know he had diesel fuel in like a, a, a pest control sprayer, just a hand pump thing, just to get <laughs> the thing started. He's throwing couches and shit in there and foam, and I'm going, and I, I, and, and I asked my buddy, I go, dude, He's throwing like foam couch cushions in there. What if somebody calls the fire department? And the guy says, no, the guy helping him throw it in is the fire, the fire chief. chief. He's like, it's, it's okay. They're already here. I have two things to <laughs> yeah. say. No, this, it was insane. We, all of us who stood there watching the fire, me and, and my girlfriend and our friends, we got sunburns from watching that. We had to keep turning <laughs> around. Those we weren't sunburns. You were literally cooking. Oh, yeah. We threw our beer bottle. Well, not from the heat specifically but like from the uvs that came off it we got sunburned the we threw our beer bottles in there and they just melted they look like those those art coke bottles that people put the sand in like almost immediately it was, it was so hot it was so unbelievable so i have two things to say one i think at the point you were at that is no longer a bonfire and that's a forest fire it's just a controlled forest fire and two the fire chief being there is totally something that would happen here it, no, it wasn't a forest fire, though. It was down inside of a sand pit. Like, literally, to to get to the bottom, he had to drive in a spiral down to the bottom of the sand pit. There was no way <laughs> any fire crazy. I, I know. And that huge fire could have powered a wireless tattoo gun. I'm sorry to sidetrack this <laughs> while. I mean, I think, I'm pretty sure the sidetrack is where we live. That was kind of one of the founding um, principles of the show. Gonna say if we if we had founding principles, that would have been one of it. Well, I, it I still mean, it still makes me feel bad when I do it because it was somebody else's story and it goes to a weird place. I feel guilty. Again, sort of the brand of the show. I know, I know. I would like to remind you that at one point someone asked me what the show was about, and I had to explain that I didn't understand the question. <laughs> yeah, tattoo guns and bonfires. I literally tried to describe the show to somebody today, and I was just like. Uh, I don't know. It's just three guys talking about random shit. Like, literally, that's all it is. It's just three buddies catching up. It's just where conversations go when people talk. I mean, that's all. I mean, the way I have always described it is, imagine going down to the bar with your buddies and catching up once a month, except we don't have to leave our houses and we record it. And nobody drinks anymore. Yes, that too. Essentially, yeah. So far, that I, has not made the show less funny. No, I had a couple tonight. I don't know if you guys could hear it. I had this little... um Belgian beer, like literally the size of a regular, you know, 16 ounce beer bottle. And it was very, very potent. I finished that. I was like, holy shit. I, it felt like drinking three regular beers, but that was an hour or so before the show. Can we do one of Taj's right now? Please. Because I am dying to hear what you think about podcasting 2.0, Taj. I knew you said you said it a few months ago, you're going to look into this. And I 
wasn't sure if you were actually going to, but now that you have, I'm I'm dying to hear what you think of this. Yeah. Um. So yeah, literally what you said. It's it's been more than a few months ago. It was a long time ago. Um. But like I literally keep a list of like when I have spare cycles in my brain to look at shit, look at this. And so I finally got down to the podcasting 2.0. Um. And so this month I kind of tried to do as much of a deep dive as I had time. Cause like we talked about it and I was like, a lot of these ideas are really cool. Um, wait, 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 Taj. Are you telling me you, you did research for something for the show? Not for the show for me, but it's the show. Is okay. Benefiting. Okay. No, we don't, we don't research for the show, but okay. Um, I mean, as long as we're only getting it as a side effect, I'll allow it. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's definitely where we're at. So, I mean, I, I'll be honest. The documentation is not, it's way sparser than I thought it would be. Um, so what I did is I was like, okay, I want to, um, figure out what this looks like in reality. So I was like, okay, there is a literal podcasting 2.0 podcast, which makes sense. So I started listening to that and then I went out and I tried to find some, you know, podcasting 2.0 shows just to see what it looked like. Um, I, I did a couple that were just like random shows about things that I wasn't even really interested in to listen to them. And to be completely honest, I didn't, didn't get what I wanted from that. Um, I did find out that like Jupiter Broadcasting, all their shows have moved to like Podcast 2.0. And I was like, okay, that's a thing I know already. Like I, I that's a known quantity. So I'll be interested to hear the changes and see what the technical changes are. I went and got that like makes it, sense to me. And I bet can, they can, jumped right in on the monetization. Can, can, <laughs> can we back can we back up and you can remind people what podcasting 2.0 is for those of us <clears throat> me <clears throat> who don't remember what you're talking about? So it's a way to encode inside the um, the RSS feed different things that can your show can do um, if it is using a podcatcher that that reads these things. Um, and so part of it was I had to go like try a new podcatcher, um, which uh, to so, be so, so, so wait, so wait, Podverse, is it just I think is what it was called? It's it, an open source one. It's in. Um, talked, yep, Lyle was trying to ask a question. He he. You lost them already. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, are they are they really just adding XML entities to the existing XML feed? Is that really what we're doing here? Uh, somewhat. Some of the tags are that. Some of them are more complicated than that. Like that. That is the the access to get you into other things. It's just a flag that says, okay, you can do this other thing from this feed, not just the show. I, as the dumbest guy on the show, let me give you two examples. This might be the only two I know of. Um, you can do chapters within the podcast. And again, this is in the XML. It's not in the file itself. So my understanding is when you download the file, you just get the, the audio file. And when you start playing it, it will check the RSS feed for this code. So it doesn't even have to go out when the show is live. It can be updated later without refreshing the RSS feed. But anyway, you get chapters. And one of the things you can do with that is have chapter descriptions and individual chapter art as opposed to album art for the whole show. And that's something that uh, No Agenda uses to great effect. They, they will change the album art because they get so much submitted album art, it's actually relevant as a topic. Um, and another thing that you can do through it somehow is what Adam Curry calls value for value. And he says, if you are getting value out of listening to this show, turn that into a, a monetize that for me and hand it back. This is how much I value your show. And you know, it, it, they can basically send you money. 
and they call them sats or satoshis and i don't know what that means i don't know if that's a fraction of a bitcoin or if it's some other yes it's 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 a complicated system it is so basically bitcoin is too um too slow and too costly to do transactions so there's this thing called the lightning network that is sort of to me in my brain it's like a subsystem of bitcoin where you can sure. use these satoshis which are you know basically micro bitcoins like a, a small amount of a bitcoin gotcha. and you it's can a do clearing house for bitcoin checks right and you can transfer these back and forth on that network and it takes away that that barrier that is in bitcoin proper oh i like that actually yeah, no, like, so other things it can do that, like, stood out to me, um, you can have sort of a tag in there that says, okay, we do a live show, and anytime we go live, it shows up in your podcatcher, and you can watch it live right through your podcatcher. Um, you can put in, like, an IRC chat room built into your feed to where all you have to do is go to your client and hit chat, and it will open up an IRC client and dump you into an IRC room. So it's a lot of things that, like, are just built into this spec to make um, podcasts more I, I don't, interactive in a way, or just Featureful. like yeah, to move it past like this is just an RSS feed, right? It's still just an RSS feed, but if you have the right um, things to read it, you can get more out of it. Um, and so, like a lot of people have a problem with the whole Bitcoin thing, and to be completely honest, I think it's probably one of the better implementations of like trying to use bitcoin for actual things that matter uh so it doesn't irritate me that they're using it i'm just like okay that's clever um and that's kind of how i feel about most of podcasting 2.0 is like there are great a bunch of great ideas like and it, it seems technically solid but in practicality when people are using it the only thing that gets used at all is the monetization end of it and that's all anybody talks about like the podcasting 2.0 show it is literally devolves almost every episode into how do we do stats and what does that look like in monetization and and how does that look like with advertisers and why are we trying to get away from this and the the thing that really just like makes me hold want on to, yep go ahead. which podcasting 2.0 show are you listening to uh it's the podcasting 2.0 <laughs> podcast is the one with adam curry and the other guy Okay, because I've never heard them talk about how do we get turn this into ads. I've always heard them talk no, about no, no, how do no, we no. get rid of ads. Yes, yes. They're talking about like how does how will this replace sort of the ad based revenue? Model. Okay, okay. All right. All right, and yes. I, I have heard them talk about that. And that is the hook. That is the selling point. Um if you're trying to sell this to or convince uh, sell, not as in money sell, but convince um successful podcasts that earn money you know that that's that's how you get them through the door but there's lots of podcasts that use all these other features that are pretty cool like i said the chapter thing with chapter art is really cool yeah and i think i think if more if, from what i'm seeing the times that that's happening it's very cool it's just that the part that stands out is the monetization end and really the people who are doing it you can tell that like they're into this because they're no agenda fans. And it, it basically devolves into 10 minutes of their show just being like annoying fucking sound clips and like a little game where only the people who listen know what's going on and just random names. And it's it's like the most fucking annoying thing ever. And it just makes me want to run away. I get from that. Show. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, I I don't care. Um, but I'm I'm like in real life, I don't want to be thanked. 
Like if I do a thing, I want to just like fade away and I don't like recognition and I get it. And it's, it's just, it's so fucking cringe that like, I don't want to listen to any of these shows. And it, it actually, it, it was this weird dichotomy because I was listening to these Jupiter broadcasting shows and I was like, wow, these shows actually got better. Like, because <laughs> they used to be terrible. And I'm like, oh, I'm into this. And then it would devolve into, um, we're going to do this. It, it basically, it's the same as listening to an advertisement. And it, 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 in fact, it's more annoying than an advertisement. And um, specifically, like the Jupiter Broadcasting people, one of the things that they've done, which I think is a bad play for themselves, is they're saying that we're only we're only going to do the silly sound clips and put you on the show if you donate at a certain level. So it's like you're just creating your own echo chamber at that point. Like anybody who's going to be critical of your show is not going to give you money. <laughs> so you're just uh, listening to your fans at this point, and that's it. Well, that's that's I mean, not at, exactly at that true. Point, at that point, why don't they just set up a Patreon? This sounds like a whole bunch of people who just who want all of the things of Patreon, but not actually doing it. Yes. Well, because Patreon has blocked plenty of people for political reasons. They don't like what you say. They'll block you. I mean, it's their platform. They're allowed. Right. So then don't. So then you can't set up a Patreon. You just okay. say, why not set it up? Because a lot of people can't. And I'm just sort of like, this is going to be like me being a total asshole. There's never been a podcast that I've listened to ever where I thought that that should be your full time job. Like, and I know that's mean, but I'm just like, I, and it's why I don't listen to shows with ads is because I, I, I enjoy the shows that are made by people who are doing this as a, as a hobby and as a passion, not as trying to replace my job. And I, to me, the quality goes down the more professional it gets. So I don't know. It's just, it's I, not for me. I, I, I would like to just put in there that I am very, very far in the other direction on that. But the big example I can hold up is an independent podcast group. Uh, it's called Multitude. It's much like Jupiter, where, I mean, it is their full-time job between ads and Patreons, but it's all, like, stuff I enjoy. It's D&D podcasts. It's, like, games podcasts. It's spooky, creepy stuff podcasts. And because they don't have to do that in and around the, the thing that pays them, they you can have the full quality and people who are have that same passion for it, but then don't have to, you know, do something else to make a living and then do the thing they care about. Yeah. And I'm, I'm on the other corner of this triangle. Um, I do appreciate podcasters who podcast full time. If they're spending their time, you know, while they're not podcasting, if they're spending their time researching stuff and looking at stuff to put into that podcast, that's absolutely something that I value very highly and it is the first place that I do not want to hear commercials. So I have no problem supporting that type of a podcast. And I get what you're saying, Taj, about there being too many little sound of, and I know I've, I've listened to the podcasting 2.0 podcast with them on. I know exactly what you're talking about, the little pew pew sound and everything. Um, the way that they do it on no agenda is quite a bit different. Um, so it, it sounds like the implementation as it scales up, it gets better. On No Agenda Show, if you donate less than 50 bucks, you don't even get mentioned. You're anonymous. You, they, you don't even mention your 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 donation. Um, if it's over, I want to say if it's over like 200, maybe it's over 100, you go in the first donation segment, and that's very short because obviously not a lot of people are going to donate 200 bucks all the time. And then, you know, whatever it is, it's above 50, and then whatever the other cutoff point is goes in a second donation segment 
And that one is right at the end of the show. And they are their own little segment in their own little echo chamber. And if you want to avoid that part, you can. But there's a lot of entertainment value in that um, that may not be the same edutainment value that the rest of the the podcast is. They, and they do it very, very well in that show. And and I I think you probably nailed it. I think you, you hit the nail right in the head um, in that. The sats coming in randomly and, and distracting from the actual conversation um, might be part of what why I don't listen to that podcasting 2.0 show. I don't really care for it either. Yeah, that specifically that show is the one that does it like all during the show. You hear it and it's, it's really annoying. Um, I know like the way that Jupiter does it. They don't do that. Like they they keep it all in one part of the show, which I appreciate. But I'm still like, it's still kind of gross that it's pay to play. <laughs> like, I, I just like, I don't like that. And I, I don't think there's anything that's going to make me like it. I just, I, I don't In like. In what way is it pay to play? You, you listened without paying. Well, like if you want to send feedback, I mean, they basically said like, if you send us email, we're not going to read it. Like you have to, you have to donate before we're going to pay attention to you. Oh yeah, that's not the right way to do it. And then they're also the other thing that, that gets me specifically about Jupiter is they're like, oh, we're gonna do this and we're gonna run ads. Like we're gonna we're gonna play both sides of the fence. And I'm like, really? Yeah, I also don't approve of that. But I mean, it's it's just I I don't know. It's it's the whole like it seems like a a good idea on paper and a lot like the spec itself is wonderful. I think that the, a lot of the stuff that they're wanting to do, I like. I like the fact that it's open source enough that people can put it in. There's a lot of like AntennaPod, which I use, is not putting in these features like at any speed. So it's not something that I think is going to catch on outside of the people who are doing it. Um, and like the the podcatcher I tried out was nice, but it's not good enough that I would replace AntennaPod. Like I, it's not worth changing my workflow for something that, especially because I'm just really there's not enough shows doing this to to make it worth the time at this point. Not yet, anyway. No. Um, what what podcatcher did you try? I want to say it was like Podverse or something. I don't, it's in Fdroid. Let me look. Yeah, I've tried Podverse. I, I didn't care for that one either. There were a couple other, but they're all proprietary, and I was like, nope, not happening. Yeah, I've switched over to a proprietary one. It just the playlisting is just so easy. It's 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 super easy. I've switched over to it. What else can I say? I've never used like I. A, I don't use playlists in general. Like that's not, even with music, I don't use playlists. But I've never even understood why I would want it for podcasts. Because the the whole idea of podcasts is I just I just listen. Like I'm always interacting with it. Like I don't want it to go to the next thing. I want it to finish, and then I, I want to pick the next thing. And it could be just based on my feelings in that moment. I don't want it like pre-programmed. Oh man, that is entirely not how I use mine. Everything yeah. goes into everything goes into one queue. It plays one after the other. I don't want to yeah. have to touch my phone while it's playing at all. If I have to touch my phone, it's because there's a problem. Yeah. Well, I I think part of it is like what I listen to in podcasts. Like there's some things that like I listen to because I think it's important to listen to, um, that it's information I need, but I don't enjoy listening to it. Um, or like I'll be in a headspace where it's like I cannot deal with this shit right now. Um, so I I want to be able to control what's playing next. Yeah, that's what a playlist is about. Yeah, but I want to do it in the moment. Like I, when I build a playlist an hour from now or an hour before now, I don't know what headspace I'm going to be in in this hour. Yeah, I don't listen to podcasts for headspace. That's what music's for. And I don't use a lot of playlists with music. I, I really don't. The only 
the only playlist I really ever make is just instrumental. Yeah, I just pick it. I'm just like, what's the next song I want to listen to? Or like an album. Like I, I listen. I am like an album person, so I'll put on an album and listen front to back. I'll I'll put on an artist and and listen to my whole catalog of theirs in random sequence. I always have it on shuffle. But yeah, either either it's an artist or my entire library or just an instrumental playlist. That's about the only three things I do with music. But yeah, I like setting up my podcasts in maybe not a specific order, but a general order. There's the ones that I want to listen to as soon as I get them. There's the ones I can listen to whenever I get around to them. Or if I don't feel like listening to them, I'll put those lower on the list. There's little interstitial ones that are only five minutes long that I'll that I'll put between the other podcasts. Um, that kind of thing. Well, like case in point, um, shout out to Linux Lodcast because I'm going to talk about them. They are the only podcast that can put out a show longer than ours. Like consistently, they put out like three, four hour episodes. <laughs> but like, I can't listen to that in most of my commutes. But usually, about once in that two week period, I've got to go on a trip where I've got enough time to listen to that at least at the speed I listen to podcasts. Um, Quick question. Yes. Do they use truncate silence? <laughs> you, uh, yes. Most of the time, sometimes their script doesn't work. And then I do, do they use truncate silence as aggressively as we do? No. So my understanding and honky Magoo, like totally right in and correct because I know you listen <laughs> right in and correct me if this is not right. Um, I think they run like a socks script on everything and that's how they do their processing. Um, and sometimes it leads to the reason why I say you should never automate audio production. Um, you mean it, it doesn't work? Yeah, it like like Mortensy mostly works. Show, who you know we, we've talked to him, and I'm sure he listens to our show at least occasionally. Um, consistently, I cannot hear a word he fucking says on that show. Like every time he talks, it just goes to silence because the the audio levels are messed up or something, and it's just. Um, and I think it's because it's scripted and it's just going through and doing something that, that messes it up. And if you, if you were doing, I, I, I don't know, maybe the raw audio sounds like that. Um, but you, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where I, I will get back on my soapbox about like, don't automate audio production. Just, just do the work. It's not that hard, uh, <laughs> but I'm also not recording a four hour show. So maybe it isn't worth doing the work at that point. Well, actually, but, yes, but I mean, you are. Think, we usually go three to four hours. Just yeah. If you think about the way that the way you have described doing that for our show, the length of the show probably wouldn't matter that much, other than time. Like it just takes more time for the the process to run. No, but how much more of your time sitting doing it would it take? Oh, I I usually like I figured out our rhythm like what works for us and i said it and i just hit the button and it does it like it takes however long it takes for that process to run and then usually i'll back up and i'll listen to a section to make sure that it didn't for some reason mangle it before i do the next thing but if i just went through and said truncate silence compress you know normalize normalize loudless or you know ds or whatever i'm doing in that sequence after every step i'm checking it because if you fuck up one step, the next step is going to mangle it more, and the next step is going to mangle it more. So it's it's that That's process of point. doing garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, doing checking, move to next step. Doing checking, move to next step. Doing checking, move to next step. Because if you don't, the the errors get bigger, and you don't know where the error started, and you don't know which part of that process is creating the error. So what you're saying is they need to find a way to script the checking. 
uh, you don't script the check-in. You listen. Like, you have to use your ears and do it. I don't listen to the whole show. Like, I just listen to, like, a, a you know, maybe a two-minute section. And I, I will move that two-minute section around the show as I after I do a process. It may be the first two minutes. And then next time, I'll pick somewhere in the middle just to make sure that everything's doing what I expect it to do. Yeah, I, I know. I was It was kind of a joke. Oh. I told that you I'm on Soapbox. It was kind of a joke that Honky Magoo would have taken as a challenge if you hadn't just ruined it. That's what I do. I just feel very strongly about this. And I know there's a lot of people on Hacker Public Radio who really want to create the magical script that's going to make this work. Trust me, I did pro audio for a long time. If I could have scripted myself out of a job, I would have done it. So being the snarky sysadmin I am, I have to say that that means one of two things. Either it's not possible or you're just not good enough at scripting. It is very possible if... Mm. You have there's a third option if you have extremely controlled environment with extremely known variables and talent that knows how to use the equipment properly. Oh, well, oh, oh, oh we're out then. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, especially like the nature of their show. That's never going to happen because they just invite anybody on. And that's part of the appeal of it. Right. Is that it's going to be people who show up with weird audio and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it's sort of like built into the DNA of the show. That there's, there's probably going to be issues like it's just what it is. Um, but, you know, I'm also not like saying I'm going to edit their show, so I'm not going to give them shit. And I listen to it and I like the show regardless. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes a thing that you have said could go wrong goes wrong. Yes. Well, the third option, of course, is that podcasting itself and editing podcasting is more of an art than a science. And you can't tell a computer to do art and expect it to make a unique and correct piece on the first try every time. I mean, you can't tell a computer to do art and then get the art that you want back out. Correct. I mean, you can. There is such things as ray tracing, but, you know, very rarely does your first ray trace come out as exactly what you were expecting to see. But I will say, like, devil's advocate, 98% of the time, my process never changes, and it works every time, you know? But there are there is that 2% of the time where, like, Pokey will show up with a pre-recorded thing and put it on the soundboard, and it fucks up the whole thing. <laughs> I gotta go back. <laughs> yeah, it's always me. No, yeah, like because because you're you're me. because you're the one who puts the effort in to do the pre-recorded things, and we don't, right? Well, it, but like I, so I've from trial and error and going back and testing, I know that. And whenever he does it, I just cut that section out and I just drop the raw audio in, and then it fixes the problem, right? But that's through trial and error. That was me, you know. If I would have run all those processes and then not known what step it fucked up at, which would have been truncate silence in this page. I mean, I probably could have figured it out. Um, I would not know why that was happening and how to fix it. And to be honest, I'm still not sure why that happens. There's something with the way that uh, Soundwave keys up or something that throws it off. Anyways, Honky, all the uh, Linux Lowcast people, I love you. I'm, I'm just, I'm ranting about a thing I rant about. Uh, your show is awesome. Keep up the good work. It's a very nice backhanded complimentage. Well done. No, it's a compliment. Like, I literally enjoy their show. Like, I, I, I listen to it as often as I can. I just hate the way they make it. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I think it's exactly what you said. Again, I would like to reiterate, I have never said I'm going to do their show. So however they do it, it's up to them. I have, I have no dog in this fight. Like, it's fine. Trust me, there are plenty of shows I don't listen to because of the audio quality. That's not a show that I've dropped for that reason. Oh, you know, that reminds me of something that I don't have on my list. So it wouldn't be a segue otherwise. I started listening to Audible books 
And I am shocked at the poor quality that some of those are. For as expensive as that shit is, I would have thought it would have been like super professional and, you know, have to meet a certain like standard of quality. It is not. Yeah, I think there's a certain amount of actually Lost in Bronx talked about this a while back um, that there is like a minimum quality thing and that it's kind of a pain in the ass because it has to be in a certain format at a certain sample rate and stuff like that. So I would have assumed that it does, did a better job. I don't I, I've never used Audible, so I don't know if there's uh, a minimum standard. It is only a technical thing. It is only this bit rate, this encoder. It has nothing to do with, can you pronounce macabre correctly? Can you pronounce um, marquee correctly? It's it's like, can I understand the words that you're saying? Is your mic so fucking muddy that it's impossible? What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's macabre. It's so bad. Yeesh. Yeah. Professional yeah, but- readers. You think, like, how can I know how to pronounce words better than a professional reader. It's impossible. I will point out that it could be that the um, director or author wanted it that way. I mean, I am not saying that they were correct, but the author could have directed them to do that, and they have done what they were told, even though what they were told was wrong. It's possible that a director told them to do it. I don't think the author has any say whatsoever. I'm pretty sure... I have heard authors say that once you sign it over, it's up to Audible. It's up to the the production folks. I want to be the director that could show up and be like, hey, everybody in the room, uh, make sure this sounds like shit. All right, okay, thanks, bye. No, I think all the author gets to say is, yes, I like that person's reading. No, I don't like that person's reading. I don't think they have any say whatsoever in the, the production, in the booth. Though there are a couple that will say, okay, we'll take care of this and then submit it like Lost in Bronx did. There's the people who do that. But if you leave it up to Audible to do, you, you're you pretty much, it sounds like you're signing over your artistic license. That made me think of a segue. Oh, please. Uh, y'all, as of today, Lost in Bronx has a new book out. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah, hold on. Let's uh, let's go find the link so we can include that in the show notes. Definitely. Have listened to the I first w- two chapters. I, I will go Very happy. It. I've already read it. I was going to, but didn't have enough time, and I can listen to it in the car. I mean, before today. I've already read it. Yeah, we knew what you meant. I didn't read it because I don't read. I'm the world's slowest reader. I've said that before. Gotcha. Please to drop a link. Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, he knew that. That's why he did that fancy typing. That was slick, Taj. Well done. <laughs> the typing? Well, just having it ready, yeah. Be in, be going for the assist. I'm not the director that says, hey, let's make this shit, okay? No, you're the director that says, put that shit right here. Actually, I believe in the past, I have literally been the guy that's like, all right, let's make this shit. Let's go for this show. Maybe. And Lyle said something earlier. He said that I'm the one that puts in the effort. And I want to dispute that. It's not that I put in the effort. It's that sometimes the muse strikes and I can't help it. If it was just up to effort, I would put out a lot more stuff. I'd have a lot more stuff prepared because it's it's not that. It's the, it, you just you can't do it if there's nothing there. That's fair. You're the most creative of us, so when you get the muse, like we benefit. And again, it's not me. That's the muse that I can't even take credit for being creative. You have a better muse, okay? That I may, yeah, and that's just dumb luck. My muse tried to automate everything. We all know how that turns out. <laughs> I can't wait for your muse to come up with a baseline to go along with my rhythm. 
that's literally on my list of like shit to do when I have time. I tried so hard to come up with the kazoo tune and it all sounded so you can't imagine how bad it sounded. It it sounded like a five year old child who thought they were great. It, it was so bad. I mean, that's still kind of on brand. No, no, no. It was no, it was it was painful. It was not just silly. It was painful. I almost wished I had recorded it just so you could hear how bad it was and help. But it would have, again, been painful. I, I couldn't do that to you guys or any of our listeners. We'd be back into single digits. I mean, um, I'm not sure we're not there. I'm counting the three of us. I might drive one of the three of us off. Oh, yeah, that would be problematic. Believe me, if there was a way that I could like poke the muse annoyingly until it struck me i would do that all the time i i wish there was something i could do i'm literally doing our once a year look at our stats i can't get the link because lost in bronx emailed it to me and i can't get into my email because my phone is off for various reasons i don't know if you guys use gmail but i use gmail on the computer and it requires two-factor authentication now so i have to have my phone on and click the Yes, that's me, or it doesn't let me in, even with a password. Yep, I'm dealing with that right now. And I get it, I understand, but it's not always convenient. What's the saying, Lyle? Convenience times security is a constant? That's the saying, but it shouldn't be, because there are a lot of things that are more secure and more convenient. Give me an example. Using a password manager? Uh, yep. I've never tried that. That means you have to have a thing. Yeah. I mean, you, you, can, you, can, you can either use a service... Or you can use a piece of software, and in either case, you integrate it with your browser, and then you don't have to know passwords anymore, which means they're safer because they're no longer things you can remember, and they're now just this giant string of gibberish that's unique to every site, so it's it's both easier to use and more secure. Yeah, but the integration part is less convenient. No, it is not. Huh. Okay, so I went to go look at the stats for the show, just because... And FeedBurner has changed everything, and I have no idea. It says that our feed, the AUG feed, has been hit 15,911 times. I'm assuming that's forever. That could be just me. Yeah, because our regular, our MP3 feed has only been hit 7,164 times. When you say hit, is this a podcatcher looking, like, checking to see if there's an update, or is this an actual download? I would assume that this is just hitting the RSS feed because what FeedBurner does is it's basically a proxy and it proxies to um, our site. But instead of people hitting our site over and over and over again, they're hitting this proxy. Um, so basically every time you look at the RSS feed, I'm assuming that's a view. Yeah, that could be me then. I think I have mine checking like every two hours or four hours or something. I don't know. Basically none of these give me any information that about anything about our show. And uh, I didn't actually care to begin with. So, you know, there you go. Nice update. I only vaguely care in that. I hope that somebody somewhere is amused by my stupid jokes. And as long as it's the two of you guys, that's fine. But we wouldn't have to record it for that. I don't know. There's like at least two people I know that listen to it. So that's, that's the only, uh, that's basically my intended audience. All right. Well then the pressure's on for me to amuse. Hey, Lyle. Yeah. You've got Andor on your list. Is that what I think it is? Almost certainly not. All right, let's go with one of Taj's topics then. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What is it then? What do you, what, what is that? Look at my laser Thor. Is that? It's 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 an it's the new Star Wars show. Oh, 
Oh, let's go with one of Tasha's topics. then. <laughs> nope, you already popped the cork on it. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I, I did actually sort of, I did hope it was what I thought it was. Oh, here be spoilers. Uh, so far, the Andor show feels like more Han Solo than Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, it does. I was, I was, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody and I was like, this show is a Star Wars show, but you could take this show and completely remove it from Star Wars. And other than aliens, you wouldn't really have to change that much. Like this is, this is totally like a, almost a World War II, like spy movie as a TV show, mm-hmm. just set in the Star Wars universe. Uh-huh. And I'm there for it. I like it a lot. Like there are points of the show that it doesn't feel like Star Wars at all. Um, in a good way. That's funny because t- for me, it has never not felt like Star Wars, but that's because still my biggest touchstone for Star Wars has very little to do with what most people think of as Star Wars. The Ewok movies? No. The Christmas special? Also, no. It's the X-Wing books. Fair. Yeah, like the 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 first episode, the first episode, first scene is very like cyberpunk, which is weird because I'm like, okay, but it is exactly like when I played the old like West End Star Wars RPG, that's exactly the kind of thing we played. It was it was a cyberpunky Star Wars. Like we were, you know, doing underground shit with underground people. Um so it, it it feels like Star Wars, but it doesn't. Like it's 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 very interesting. Like they show Coruscant and it's a very different look at Coruscant than we've seen before. Not that it's counter countering anything we've seen. It's just like we're seeing a whole new side of it, which is interesting. But you see a whole bunch of Coruscant in in little vignettes during um, Clone Wars. Yes. And this feels closer to that than it does the live action movies. Yeah, this feels like Clone Wars and Rebels, but even further divorced from woo, 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 look at my laser sword. Which, and I, I believe that I, I, I said this verbatim to you, Lyle, like best Star Wars to me, like absolute best Star Wars is space wizards and laser swords. Like that's what I want from Star Wars. But I'm okay with this. This is good, too. See, for me, Star Wars is a universe in which those things happen, but that is not the only thing that happens in that universe. And I am looking forward to us finally getting things that are not that. Well, and it, it doesn't hasn't done it any favors that the things that have been that have not been executed very well. I'm, uh, Mandalorian? I'm, I'm looking at you, Solo. That, I mean, that has... Oh, are you saying the other things that have nothing to do with laser swords have not been good? Yes. I mean, even okay. Mandalorian... Sorry, I, just... I, 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 I misunderstood what you said. I mean, even Mandalorian to a certain extent, especially season two onwards, like there are totally space wizards with laser swords. Like one of the characters literally is that. Uh, also Boba Fett. Yeah. And that as, as in one that has nothing to do with space wizards and it was also not the best. Until Ahsoka and Luke Skywalker show up. At the best episode of the Mandal, the best episode of Boba Fett was the episode that was really a backdoor pilot for the next season of the Mandalorian. Absolutely. Literally, Boba Fett was not in the episode, and that was the best episode. No, I think he's on a balcony, and he says, like, two words, and that's that's literally all he's in that episode. Okay. Okay, so he is practically not in the episode. Yeah, I mean, he's there enough to say, I was in the show named after me. So you mentioned the Han Solo show. I watched, did I tell you guys I watched an episode of that with my wife? There, there's a Han Solo show? Wait, wasn't there when he was young? That That's a movie. Okay, I watched part of that movie with my wife, and he was, like, driving the getaway car, and it was... The second slowest getaway I've ever seen right after the um, the mods on their scooters. Yeah. It literally looked like he was in a Disney ride at the park and like it was shaking because it was on rails. Spoilers. That's how they shot it. You already played the spoiler alert thing. That was a oh, movie. Yeah. That wasn't a show. 
Yeah, that was a movie. Yeah. That was really poor quality. I bailed about it that scene. My wife watched the whole thing, I think, but I, I, that, I was out. I did watch the whole thing. I think I thought, saw it in theaters. And I, I went in with low expectations, and they were only just met. So anyways, back at Andor, um, Stellan Skarsgård, fucking killing it. Like, he is so good in the show. And uh, Diego Luna, actually a really good actor. Like, I was surprised because he didn't have, I mean, he was good in Rogue One, but he just, he was kind of hand soloing. Like, that was that was his thing. Um, he's a much more interesting character in this. Except that, see, to me, what I see is this is the story about how somebody goes from the, like, Han Solo mercenary to, you know, a full-on true believer. Because by the time we see him in Rogue One, he's, you know, a dyed-in-the-wall true believer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's literally watching somebody be radicalized in real time. What's his name? Cassian Andor. No, no, the actor. Oh, sorry. Uh, Diego Luna. I thought he said Skarsgård. Oh, yeah. That's Stellan, the other one. Stellan Skarsgård is in this, and he's just fucking phenomenal. I mean, there's a point in the show where he turns around and yells at somebody, and I was like, oh, shit. Pretty sure I texted you. I'm pretty sure. I think his, like, we need to do the thing speeches were almost as good as the Picard speech if Picard was very angry at you. <laughs> yes, very much so. I mean, he he is like Picard if Picard was a straight-up gangster. You know what? I j it just occurred to me. This is what happens if you mash up Picard and Cisco, And I'm there for it. Oh, me too. I'm excited because this is supposedly like a really long show. It's not going to be 10 episodes. It's supposed to be like more than that, if I remember correctly, like 18 or something. I, I remember somebody saying 12. Any, anything more than 10 is good. Even now, like, like I've... I've seen enough of it that I'm like, it, it can end next week, and I'm, I'm like, okay, when's season two? Yeah. Though I'm also kind of liking the trend of not doing multiple seasons of a show. Like, I, let the show just be a single story, tell the whole thing, and be done. If it's if it's written that way, I think it's it, okay. Yes, if, if if they tell the entire story. Like, don't, don't tell me half the story and cancel the show. That's not okay. Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm not super, like, thrilled for an Obi-Wan season two, because I think that that was... That's pretty close. I think they're probably going to yeah. do it. They told all the story they needed, more than all the story they needed to tell. But that made money, so I'm sure they'll do it again. My daughter came over a couple weeks ago, and she was like, yeah, I don't feel like doing anything, Dad. Can we just watch a show? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I put on Firefly, and I'm pretty sure when she left, she went home and binged the rest of the show that night. Parenting, doing it right. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I was uh, One of the things that they said about the show before it came out is that um, the guy who's show running and writing, um, he's the guy that went in and kind of fixed Rogue One because Rogue One apparently at one point was kind of a shit show and he went in and fixed it. Um, he was very adamant and said in the in the press that like, look, I'm not doing a show with a bunch of Easter eggs. Like, this is just a show telling a story. Then proceeds to have a shit ton of Easter eggs in it. Like I don't understand. Like I don't. I don't know if people snuck it in and he just didn't know because he doesn't like Star Wars. But like there are a, a fuck ton of Easter eggs in the show, which shows how much like I'm not as much of a Star Wars nerd because I haven't seen them. There are so many haven't haven't gotten them, and they're all like little background things that he that like somebody will say or like um. When he hands him that kyber crystal and says some uh, says it, that story is the story of Knights of the Old Republic. That's what he's talking about. And I was like, oh shit, did they just recanonize Knights of the Old Republic in, in like passing? Like, what the hell just happened? And see, I guess 
and we've talked about this before, but like, I don't see those things because when I'm watching the show, I'm watching the show, not looking for all the other things that might be going on. I'm like actually paying attention to the plot. And maybe I just am dumb and can't pay attention to more than one thing at once. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I'm watching the plot too. I just, uh, especially when something like that, because I'm, I am very, very, very much more knowledgeable about the old EU than I am the new stuff. Like I know a, a fair bit about the new stuff and I've read some of the books and the comics and stuff, but like I have a whole childhood of the EU. And so when somebody mentions something from the EU, I'm just like, Oh shit, uh, that, that didn't exist anymore. What just happened? Like, I feel like they made the show and then Dave Filoni's like, stick this here, stick this there, stick this here. Okay. We're good. But you know, if, if he's doing, if he's pulling a Kevin Feige and he's saying, okay, make your show, tell your story. And then I'm going to pepper in the hooks that I need to tell my other shows later. Dope. Fucking sign me up all day long. I'm there. I mean, the two of them are making some of the best media going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. Next to us, of course. Uh, okay. And we're not making movies, but he said media. Okay. All our stuff is connected. We just don't know it yet. Are you, are you saying we have a, a random cinematic universe? Not yet. No, it's, it's even bigger than that, Tosh. It's in the real universe. Ooh, 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 we could be the UCU. It's just like a picture of the two Spider-Man pointing at each other. Yes, that's it. That's it exactly. I really or, wanted to do a know this is right there. <laughs> or just one nerd pointing in the mirror. That's even more better. our level, if we're being honest. I don't know what comes after the show, though. I mean, are we are we going straight to Ahsoka? Like, that would be cool, but I, don't I, th- th- I thought, think it's ready. I, I thought I thought that Acolyte was coming next. I th- is Acolyte even happening? Uh, I mean, I hadn't heard that it wasn't. It seems like that that has been a thing that has constantly it's like all the Star Wars things that they announce and then just radio silence and three years later it's canceled. So I'm just assuming that's what happened to that show because they had like a bunch of casting and then it was just like crickets. I would get something because it was it's a cool idea. It is a very cool idea. And especially like the I haven't read any of the High Republic books, but I have read the comics and um, it's a cool sort of space. Like, I, I would enjoy seeing something set there. Plus, I just want to show based around a Sith. I think that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, it would. I don't know. From what I've seen of Sith and the way that they've handled them after the original trilogy, that it would get old really quick. They're very um, formulaic. I don't know. Some of the, like, characters that I, especially in, like, Clone Wars and stuff like that and Rebels, some of the characters that are the most interesting as far as like complexity have been the Sith or like Sith apprentices. So cause I'm thinking like Darth Maul after he comes back in Clone Wars is, is freaking amazing. Um, Asajj Ventress kind of the same deal. Oh my God. I have a hilarious story about Darth Maul when you're done. I, go ahead. I, I, I see to Darth Maul. Well, before the Darth Maul story, I would just say the ones that I've seen in the Star Wars stuff that's been produced so far that my wife watches, all of them have been very one-dimensional. Well, I think that's mostly just new Star Wars. Okay. Anyways, Darth Maul, Darth Maul story time. Either I have my timelines wrong, which is possible, and my friend had seen this before and was just pretending to be omniscient, or he just randomly calls the fact that Darth Maul comes back with robot legs years before it happened. Did they, I don't know, did they do that in the comics before Clone Wars? I, I was in high school, so this was like 2003, 2004. Shit, the, that's not long after the prequels came out. 
No, it was well. This was before Revenge of the Sith came out. Even that is half-assed to me. Well, Revenge of the Sith came out literally my last day of high school. There should have been two Darth Mauls. There should have been one with the robot top half. <laughs> Why doesn't anybody think of these things but me? Why am I the only one? I mean, think about all the robot bottoms who just really want a robot top. Right? That just turned into a weird sex thing in my brain. I'm literally going to Wikipedia to figure out, like, when he got his robot legs. I'm a goddamn nerd. Yeah, I'm not finding anything about real world timing. That's because it didn't really happen. It was make-believe. What? It happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Sorry, dude. I think you made that part up, too. Fuck. My whole life is a lie. (laughs) that's what i've been trying to tell you guys this was history and star trek is the future is that the difference i thought it was just teleporters no that was just to save money yeah we gave up magic and we learned teleportation i know that saving money thing just blows me away that's that i mean it's so perfect i mean it's it's one of those like necessity inventing a really cool thing yeah it's the muse striking shit we can't afford to build a shuttle set what are we gonna do Make some sparkly things happen, and we're good. Something, something, mother of invention. Yeah. So while we're talking about TV, um, it's on your list, Lyle. Uh, She-Hulk. What did you want to say about She-Hulk? I'm watching and enjoying it. I totally quit watching it. I it, once they hit the wedding episode, and I was just like, "What? Yeah, what is did, going did, on?" Did not enjoy the wedding episode, but it does set up something else. I'm kind of like, I think I'll just catch this when it's done. <laughs> Like, there's not enough there to interest me week to week. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first like episode, two episodes was really good. I was like, man, this this is going to be firing on all cylinders. And it just feels like it stopped being funny. And it's it just turned into like, we're all going to feel sad for She-Hulk. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I get it that that's part of the character. That's like, we're, we're, we're that's part of the overarching story. But it's like. It seemed like that was the only story that was happening. So I don't know. I mean, it was, I, I don't have, I missed one or two episodes. I don't did just, if you stopped watching after the, did you watch the wedding episode and then stopped? Yes. You've only missed one. And okay. the stuff at the wedding episode does set something else up. So you guys together have just inadvertently hit on my biggest problem with sitcoms. And really my biggest problem with fictional storytelling in general is I hate bad setups like somebody comes up with with a really great punchline oh this is the best punchline ever how do we get there and they and the setup is poor it i find that very frustrating in storytelling and very obnoxious in sitcoms so uh lyle hang on ah here be spoiled is the payoff the guy that was being nice to her at the wedding like is a bad guy because that that that's a bad setup um yes oh okay they go on they go they go on a couple of dates they hook up he steals her blood and disappears. Yeah, I was like, as soon as he started being nice, I was like, he's he's trying to steal her blood. That's that's all there is to this. I mean, you're right, but they they take a long way to get there, and she goes to like powered people group therapy, and it's it's this it's just a continued like absurdism of her show, which I'm. Well, there you're really for. selling this thing, Lyle. Like I'm there I, for. The I like the absurdism. Yeah, I do too, but it seems like it doesn't land. Like they're trying really hard, and it's just not landing. Or at least it hasn't to me. I want it to. See, be I think almost. I think almost all of it lands. For, almost all of it lands for me. And like her and She Hulk, the character. Like, give me more of that. Like, put her in the movies. Like, let's go. Um, it's just the. Sh- I don't know. I just feel like it's it's not because it went in trying to be a sitcom, but like an absurd sit- 
sitcom with like a superhero spin. And then it just turned into like a badly written one of those. And the superhero part just kind of like disappeared other than she'd scream sometimes. Like, and I'm like, where's the Hulk smash? That's but the whole, the... The, the whole premise was she doesn't want to be the Hulk. No, but as as part of a show, that's kind of the absurdism in a sitcom doesn't always work because when you talk about powered people, uh, therapy groups, that's not a sitcom setup. That's a sketch comedy setup. And sketch comedy very often does not work in a, a situational comedy scenario. If they had done that on Saturday Night Live, that would be the most hilarious thing ever. And they have done that on Saturday Night Live. They've done the the um, like the Hulk sings Christmas carols with uh, Frankenstein's monster and whatever. I'm probably getting the characters wrong, but like that's the kind of thing, and it's it's friggin' hilarious. But in a in a situational comedy, it it's it's too absurd. It's too specific, and you know, to prove that. They're going to abandon it. They won't go back to that therapy session episode after episode after episode. It, it well, you know no, what I mean? They, they, no, they they did the thing they were going to do and they got it done. They don't need to go back to it, right? Because it's sketch comedy. Well, well no, I, it was it was still a story device and it did the thing it needed to do and then they were done. I, I mean, like a very specific example, and I forget if it's like the second or third episode where she gets jumped in that alleyway and like she has to change into the Hulk and then like. While she's like beating up these people, that she kind of enjoys it, right? There's a part of her that's like, oh, okay, this is this is not as bad as I thought it was. But then she changed. She looks in the 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 window, and it's like, oh, there's this like realization that she's having about like stuff. And I feel like that's something that you can like work with. And that, but then it's like they don't deal with that anymore. They go back to the silly like, I just feel bad about myself all the time, instead of like trying to work through that. Like they lean too hard into the silly and not like pushing the character forward yeah character arcs is sitcom and it could just be my tastes like it just it's not hitting my tastes yeah i mean you also don't like lower decks and that was one of my favorites and maybe it's just that it's the wrong kind of comedy for you yeah most comedy is the wrong kind of comedy for me so (laughs) that's not so are you are you just like unfunny uh most of the time yes uh then this is a person that i have not met because you're never not funny (laughs) (laughs) i will say lower decks have you watched the new one that just came out? I, I don't even know if I finished the last season. I got distracted. Um, they go to Deep Space Nine, and there oh, fuck are yes. there are uh, enough Deep Space Nine jokes to make it like at least chuckle worthy. Like it's probably which, the first which, the the fact that you say that means I'm going to just be nonstop laughing. I'm, I'm sure it it was. Yeah, you know, I I. I I watched the show because I feel like I have to, but this episode I was like, all right, all right, okay, okay, okay. See, now in a cartoon sitcom, you can do sketch comedy. You could throw in that therapy session and it would be hilarious. I heard a good, like, set of rules um, for, like, writing, uh, not sketch comedy, for writing sitcom recently. And it was, we cannot write a character, like a dumb character who's dumber than someone that we actually know. And we cannot write someone who's bad at a thing that's that's worse than someone we actually know. I thought that was a good rule. I think that that rule would single-handedly make most sitcoms tolerable to me. Yeah, exactly. Tolerable is, is, is about as much as you can hope for in most sitcoms. Yeah, I don't think I'll enjoy it. But it's like, that's been my... Um, like shows I really dislike. That's usually a huge part of it. Like, I know everybody loves The Office, 
I can't stand it because there are too many characters on that show that are too dumb to exist in the real world. And like, I get it. I've worked with some really stupid people. Um, nothing like that. Right. Exactly. Which is what it, and after hearing it, it makes me think that might be what made Seinfeld work. Cause most of those people were based on real people. I, yeah, they're, they're a like legitimate existence level dumb versus the office, which is not, I mean, I, the few episodes I've ever seen of Seinfeld was not entertaining to me, but I didn't dislike it. You know, it wasn't something I vehemently like got angry about the office. I get angry about. Yeah. It is one of my wife's favorite shows. That's her comfort show that she will just keep rewatching. And I, I can't stand it. I've only seen like the first episode and I turned it off. I had no desire to see more. Also see big bang I, theory. I, same, same. Thing. I am pokey. I am very jealous of you right now. And I'm with you, Tosh. I hate Big Bang Theory. I've seen multiple minutes of that show, and everyone has just made me angry. It's so bad. Uh, yep. Oh, nerds are getting too cool in real life. Better knock them down again. Well, it's not even that. It's just like take every stereotype that has ever existed about somebody and amplify it to, frankly, at times, like offensive levels. Yes, that's what I mean. Uh, nerds, uh, nerds uh, not, 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 at, not, not at times. Literally all the times. That's a good word for it. Nerd exploitation. It makes me angry. It really stiffens my cockatrice. <laughs> wow. That was, was amuse. No, no, no. I, I, I'm laughing because I was literally going to I like was getting ready to key up to 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 set you up with the segue. Like, tell me about your pipe update. <laughs> we were going for the same joke. All right, so cockatrice. Um, basically, this is a thing I didn't even know existed until Klotu was talking about it on the New World Order, and he was talking about gaming stuff and like tabletop, like VTTs and stuff like that. And um, it was another thing that like he said in passing, and I was like, "This is a thing." And so I wrote it down on my list of things to look at, and I did. Um, guys, this is literally a way to play Magic: The Gathering online. Um, and play with any card that has ever existed for free. Like it's fucking amazing. <laughs> now I haven't I haven't done much playing other than just like demoing it with myself to make sure I understand how it works because it's pretty complicated. It's nowhere near as streamlined as arena, but it gets away from the thing about magic that I hate is that um I love the game of magic. I love playing it. I get into it and get out of it in cycles because it is a either a money sink or an attention sink it is one and like literally it becomes you, you say you say or yeah it, it becomes unhealthy very quickly um when it was the paper game it was you know you have to every you know a new sets come out like every two to three months you know every nine months you have to go buy you know, hundreds of dollars worth of cards to be able to play because of the way they rotate things out. And then they came up with their online game arena and it wasn't that anymore, but now it was, you have to grind or pay money to play the game and be competitive. And it's like, I just want to play a game to have fun, not to like have a lifestyle, not to like make this be a thing. Um, so I constantly fall in and out of it. I'll play, I'll play a little bit. And then um, especially arena arena is really good at figuring out where you're at. And then, letting you be very successful for a little bit. And then you hit a wall where it's like, well, I guess you're going to have to buy some more cards or you're going to have to sit here and play a lot of games. And I don't have time for that in my life. I saw this and I was just like, this is, this is awesome because especially with 
friends of mine who don't know how to play magic, I could get them to do this because there's no like outlay of anything. I can just like teach them how to play. And literally every card that's ever, even the joke cards are in there, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, like, uh, what was it? The My Little Pony cards are in there. The unsets. Yeah, which is kind of funny to see because a lot of them I never saw because they came out after I stopped playing. Um, like, I didn't realize there's a whole 40K set that exists, which is I weird. Mean, I mean, that's, that's not a joke. That's in standard, I'm pretty That's crazy. Or, uh, or maybe it is a joke. I don't know. 40K is a joke. I have heard the game referred to as money the wasting. It totally is. It's either money the wasting or time the wasting. And this is a way to, like, scratch that itch when I want to scratch it. Um and not have to, you know, outlay anything. Like, it's, it doesn't have to become a lifestyle. And and look, I feel 100, like, yes, this is totally, like, on that, like, pirating spectrum. Um, I've given Wizards of the Coast enough money in my lifetime, and above that, Hasbro, enough money in my lifetime that I am not, I'm not going to feel that bad about it. I mean, even just the ability to go back and look at some of the old sets that, like, I played with back when I was in high school, I haven't seen those cards in 20 years, 25 years. And just that they're all there. They're, you can see them. They're, they're, they're still a thing. Like, I don't have those cards anymore. They, they disappeared a long time ago. But, like, I can still look at them, and there's, like, a nostalgic thing to it that I enjoy. I think maybe now we can talk about Pokey and laying pipe or fixing pipe or something about pipe. I always love hearing about Pokey's pipe. Well, it was just an update to my tobacco smoking hobby that I picked up a few months ago. Oh, that pipe. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to hear about it if you don't want to. I didn't think you'd be interested. No, I mean it, it was a joke. No, I've I've learned a couple things. Um, sadly, one of the things that I learned is that more expensive pipes taste better. Yeah, it usually works that way. Yeah, but I did find one that I really, really, really like for I, I forget if it was like thirty or thirty-five bucks. Um, it's a really nice pipe, and it makes a lot of the tobaccos that I've tried taste better it's a i guess the company is crown and castle is the line and this is a 1004 but it's it's a really nice um burlwood pipe it's got a, a really wide bit that i can just bite down on really easily and hold it in my teeth really nicely and then um i tried a bunch of different tobaccos luckily i found a website that'll sell them in bulk and they'll sell you just like a a gram or two or an ounce or two i forget how much a really small amount for a couple of bucks uh, most of them that they sell in bulk are just you know dollar and a half up to maybe three bucks on the high end and the the one that everybody recommends on all of like the reddit forums or any youtube that i watched was lane one q and they all have weird names every pipe tobacco has a strange name there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. But Lane 1Q is, is one of the ones that everyone recommends. And that one's decent. I, I did like that one. All of the other ones that everyone recommends to beginners, I didn't like. Um, but then I like one that you can get at, at most drugstores or whatever. Um, there's one, what the hell is it called? Oh, Half and Half. I like that one a little bit. That one's pretty decent. And I really like one that I just found that's called Seven Seas Royal. And that one's really nice. I think that's my favorite pipe tobacco so far. And uh, I found that you can smoke out of a cheap corn cob pipe, especially if you get the Missouri Meerschaum brands. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. And um, you can kind of tinker with those. You can fiddle with them. You can, you can put, you can kind of spackle the bottom of them so that the, the shape of the bottom is 
a little bit better. And you do that using sort of a, a homemade mud that you make out of cigar ash and spit. So that's really fun too. Pipe hacking. What's that? I said pipe hacking. Yeah, it really is. It's kind of, there's even, there's a website that I found that sells Missouri Meerschaum pipes and all sorts of parts and accessories and stuff. I say accessories. You have to like kind of pack a pipe down as you're smoking it. And there's like a standard three-way tool that you can get for maybe a buck and a half um, all over the place. This guy sells a packing tool. It's it's a, it's a um, golf tee with the name of his little website on it. So that was pretty funny. And he sells, he used to sell mud, but it was just, you know, pipe ash or cigar ash. But now he, he doesn't sell that because he's afraid that the government was going to come after him for selling tobacco because that's a special license. But whatever he, he doesn't but he tells you okay here's what it, here's what it is it's, it's an old trick so i tried it and it worked it worked good i mean at that point isn't he just selling carbon yeah it really is but i mean it still smells like a cigar so there's got to be something to it but the 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 point is whether or not he's just selling carbon if it's a, a tobacco derivative he he you know was afraid it might be exposing himself to legal liabilities so you know why bother yeah i could see that but yeah, it's a nice little hobby. I'm enjoying it. I, I smoke a pipe maybe once a week um, or less and, and occasionally a little bit more, but not real often. It's it's not convenient to do while I'm driving. It's a little too fiddly. Um, and uh, it's nice. No one minds being around me when I'm smoking a pipe. Not like, you know, you get annoyed in or around someone smoking a cigarette or a cigar, but um, several of the pipe tobaccos I've had, my wife's like, no, that's fine. You can smoke that on the, on the three season porch. She didn't mind it, but it, it's about my whole update. We are now informed about Pokey's pipe. Oh, and the one thing, if you are going to try smoking a pipe and you think 30 bucks is like a good entry level price, avoid, I'm going to say, avoid the brand that's, I don't know if you're supposed to say his or H I S, but it's like a, a cheaper Italian. They look real pretty, but they don't, it, the one I have, it doesn't smoke real nice. It's really, really pretty. It looks like a um, like something Gandalf would would use, but doesn't smoke great. Dope. Yeah, I I guess kind of the trick is to keep the cherry as cool as possible. Once you get it too hot, it kind of ruins the flavors. And the the briar wood pipe that I have has like a, a it's got a lot of mass to it, and it seems to soak up the heat. Whereas the other one, the heat comes right through it. You can feel it gets real hot in your hand and it just seems like it gets the tobacco too hot. But then if you like wait and let it cool down, it'll go out It's because it, it doesn't ash like a cigarette or a cigar does. The ash sort of sits on top and mixes in with it. So it's, it's kind of weird. It's, it's a little tricky, but it's fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, thanks. And I'm still, you don't inhale a pipe. So it's not like lung cancer is a tremendous risk. It's only, you know, mouth and esophagus. Still kind of important. Yeah, in a way. But like I said, maybe once a week it, on average. It's, it's, I'm not, you know, going nuts. How's your foot, Lyle? Much better, thank you. Glad to hear that. Just a, a few days after my lovely tattoo, I was roaming around my house, and as is normal for me, I clumsily bumped into something. Uh, I must have clumsily bumped into it a little harder than usual because I thought I broke my toe. I think it was really just a, like a deep bone bruise or something, but... I spent about two weeks sitting in a recliner with frozen peas on my foot because everything hurt. But I am almost all the way back up to normal, back to going to the gym. Everything's kind of hunky-dory. You could have fractured it. You can get those, like, axial fractures when you stub your toe like that, and those hurt like a son of a bitch. I mean, I actually 
went and had it x-rayed and they're like, now nah, we don't see anything wrong with it. I'm like, well, there is something wrong. I can tell you that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I had a bad time. Which is never I'm glad time. you're feeling better. Yeah. And it just ended up with me taking way more time off from the gym that I had wanted to. Because I took a couple of days off after at the end of August, beginning of September, because it had it was a big, aggressive month and I needed a rest. And then I got my tattoo and the artist told me I needed to just, you know, not go for a couple of days and let it heal a little more before I sweat through it so badly. And then I hit my toe and had to sit out for two or three weeks. Just all told, it was not fun. Usually whenever you hurt your feet, it's not fun at all because everything you do is your feet. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why stubbing one's toe has been like a comedy go-to for so many decades. That kind of suck is very relatable. Yes. So it's October. Go on. It's Halloween month. Tis the spooky season. Yeah. Time for like pumpkins and scary pumpkin shit. Word. Spooky season is the best season. And Lyle printed me the coolest little pumpkin spider robot monster ever. It's so bitching. I'm really glad you like it. Uh, would you like me to include the links, that you, the pictures you sent us? Oh, yeah. Yep. That's that's for the show. That's absolutely appropriate. It is. Uh, the, the, ones, the ones you said on the phone or the ones you emailed me? Uh, the email one will probably work better because I, I sort of mushed them together into one photo. It does look good there. Yeah. The ones on the phone look better if you can show somebody one at a time and you watch them make a funny face. At, you know, the, like, what am I looking at? And then, you know, you get to the third one and they get it. But, you know, just... To the listener, just look at it that. We'll look at it in order. Read it like a comic strip. Yeah, it's um I haven't mailed it out yet. I'm gonna do that Monday morning. The the paint was still drying. Um and I didn't have time to get to the to the post office, but I put it in a little box that that sort of slides open from the top. It's got, you know, like a tongue thing going in it. So I I decorated the outside of the box with spiders and witches and ghosts. And when you open the box, it's like looks like a monster opening his mouth to to growl at you so i think he's gonna love it sounds awesome well this is the grandkid that sent me the the tracing of his hand on a piece of paper he colored in to be yoda and it says yoda best grampy so yeah he deserves it must reply in kind exactly i hope we can keep it going for a while i'm gonna have to ask you to do me another one for my other grandson next year 3d printing is easy oh but i found out the um the testers lacquer paints i don't know if that's the best paint choice for the 3d uh filament plastic did you prime it before you tried to paint it no okay i didn't know you're supposed to prime it yeah that would help a lot is there paint that you don't have to prime that you can that'll stick to that i i've used like rattle cans that are made for plastic but most of those are have like primer in it to yeah to stick so I've never paid. I've never been able to paint anything, and where it didn't try to beat up on me and not work. Okay, it's just because the way that this thing is, it it it's best in that orange plastic. It's that like that natural orange is awesome, but the parts you want black, it would be so hard to mask that off if you were going to spray paint it or or uh, yeah, prime it. I guess I, I could brush prime it. You might be able to use enamel on it. I don't know. I've never tried that. That's what the testers is. It's an oil based enamel. It just, it, it sticks to the plastic just fine, but it goes on really thick and it sticks to the brush. It, it really gets tacky quick. Yep. 
That's why I like barely ever use it on any modeling projects is because I just don't like it. Mm. I only ever did one modeling project that I painted before this and it turned out really good. But the more I think about it, the parts that turned out good, I used a spray can for. Yeah. Airbrushes are pretty dope for that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, I realized it just as you said it that, oh, I bet a cheap airbrush would, would work perfectly. I wonder if there is such a thing as a cheap airbrush. Oh yeah. There, I mean, there are, I mean, varying degrees of cheap and quality, but there, there are some not expensive airbrushes that are pretty good, especially if it's not like y your, your job or like something that you're like yeah. entering competitions. Like you just want to put paint on something that looks decent. Yeah. You can get something that's not that expensive. Yeah. And I have air and I would just need a regulator. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I could probably get a, better airbrush than you know if i had to buy a whole kit that came, you know came with a pump i don't need a pump i've got that so i bet i could get a pretty decent airbrush for reasonable money i may consider that for next time thank you no problem always willing to feed people's addictions first one's always free yep Especially i may have to consider an air i may have to consider an airbrush it makes life so much easier I mean, even for like minis, I use it to, to brush and do to like prime and do highlights and stuff. Cause it's just, it's so much easier. I never even thought of it, but you know, like as soon as you say it, the Hobby Lobby near us, they must have eight different airbrushes in the little section right next to the testers paint. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Most, most hobby stores have a nice selection. All right, Lyle, this may be self-serving, but feed us some Twitter gold. I found a... Uh, a Twitter account that's called Shirts That Go Hard. Confirmed. They do. And they really do. They're just the most... Just I can't even describe it. Just If Shirts That Go Hard sounds like something you might enjoy, just click the link and enjoy it. The only thing that would make this Twitter better is if there were links to buy every shirt. Yes, that, that would somehow... That would make it better. Oh my god. I, just, scroll, one, just scrolling through one, I see one that says, I illegally downloaded this shirt. I like that one. I love that one. In fact, the only one I really don't like is the one at the top of the page. I have mental Illinois. That doesn't, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I feel like that has probably prompted a little bit of a rant. It has, indeed. And it's about Twitter's paywall. And, and I just want to say, Twitter, fuck you and your paywall. You suck. Can you please explain to me what you mean by paywall? So I can only scroll down to about the eighth, eighth or ninth post on this. And then it wants me to, to create an account and log in. And I'm not willing to do that. that. That's not a paywall. You don't have to pay anything. Yeah, I'd pay, I have to pay time. I have to give them my personal information. And Twitter is not even worth my fake personal information. That's a pay. That's that's a bridge too far. To me, that is a paywall. And it is a paywall because your logins and all that shit that you put in when you sign up is what Twitter markets. So maybe it's not worth anything to you, but it is worth something to them and it should be worth something to you. And frankly, you know, Twitter, if you're going to put a little paywall around your little ecosystem here, that's exactly, you're, you're going to get exactly what you deserve. You're, you're boxing yourself in and making yourself irrelevant. And Twitter has been irrelevant to me forever, but you know, nobody wants, People are pretty sick of signing up to new shit now, so you go ahead, go into obscurity. Bye bye. I mean, the writing on the wall for Twitter happened when Elon Musk was like, "I'm gonna buy it." Yes, it really was. There were plenty of people who saw exactly what were happening right up front, knew knew what was going on. 
then I, I viewed that as if he was sincere in, in his attempt to buy it. And he may have been. And if they could have proved that there were fewer than 5% fake accounts on there, I'm sure he would have. But, you know, they, <laughs> the, the fact that they're fighting that stipulation and have argued about it this whole time just kind of goes to show you what's really going on there. I think Elon Musk was sincere in the way that he's always sincere about what he says. He says it. So, so not at all. No, he says it. He believes it. And then, like, somewhere between 48 to 72 hours later, he's got buyer's remorse about it, and he changes his story. He absolutely believes it when he says it. Yeah, without a doubt. Like, he's 100% there for it when it comes out of his mouth, because he just thought about it 10 seconds beforehand. You are learned, giving him a lot of credit. He learned that from Trump. Uh, I mean, he learned it from every asshole with a lot of money, or at least every asshole with a lot of money I've ever met. What's the saying? More dollars than cents? Yep. I don't know. I, I kind of predict he'll continue being successful and Twitter will not. I don't know. I think there's going to be a critical mass with him that like eventually he's going to fuck up so bad that like his stuff that like Tesla will go on and SpaceX will go on, but somebody else is going to own them because he's he's going to have talked himself into too much stuff that he can't get himself out of. Oh, poor fella. And he'll only have 40 trillion dollars to retire on. Yeah. Chokes on you, Elon. Those are fiat dollars. <coughs> Should have bought Bitcoin. He did. Well, no, he bought. He did Dogecoin, right? No, he got a, bought a shit ton of Bitcoin too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They were even taking payments for Teslas in Bitcoin for a while. Yep. I forgot about that. That's sweet, sweet Bitcoin. That's sweet like blood and honey. Do you even know what that's that's a reference to? I have no idea. No, you're gonna have to jump in and save me. Winnie the Pooh went to, went into public domain. And so, of course, someone's first response is to make some kind of gritty horror slasher movie out of it. Dope. This is I, why there I, should... I, I, I legitimately cannot wait to see this. This is exactly why there should be no such thing as intellectual property. Well, or at least a time limit on it. Did, did you have a link to this? Where did you see this? Uh, my Google News feed has been blowing up with it because I've been watching a bunch of horror movies and searching them out. Oh, right. But also, if I had put a link in you'd have been able to watch it beforehand and had some idea what I was talking about. I didn't want that. No, but I mean, you could still put the link up now and stop the show the way we always do. Oh, there's actually a whole trailer, whole ass trailer now. Yeah, I figured there must be. He was just sold on Winnie the Pooh and Horror, which to be fair, I mean, I'm yeah. sold too. That, you know what? I would Yes, but I've that. also seen some stills. Okay, we'll get right back to Winnie the Pooh and Horror. Have you guys ever seen the Calvin and Hobbes trailer? No. Oh, God, I have to find it. It's years old now. I have to find it. Okay, I'm not sure having actually watched the trailer for Blood and Honey that I know anything more about it than I did before, but I still enjoyed it. I'm not even all the way through, but I appreciate that like the whole beginning of the trailer is basically saying, no, this is kind of canon. It is canon so far. That's what I like about it. So I don't expect that movie to be good, but I expect to enjoy it anyway. Actually, I think I would be disappointed if it was good. Oh, and they've even got a hot tub time machine in it. That's cool. I mean, I've been watching a bunch of very classic slasher movies recently. And then my wife and I have one of our mindless TV shows that we turn on as we're kind of winding down and can't really brain anymore for the day is Movies That Made Us, which is like the making of certain movies. And the season that we were watching is all was largely horror movies. And that was fun, too. You know, they're going to use this Winnie the Pooh movie in court or in like a, a session of Congress to explain that this is why we can't let copyright expire on our beloved properties. And they could fuck right on off. 
I mean, I think this is exactly why we do need to let it expire. This is something new and creative done with existing work. Thank you, Congressman Taj and Senator Lyle. That's come on. This is not how that works. I mean, that's my whole argument with like intellectual property is we want to live in this world where like competition is the thing that drives everything. Cool. Why do we give people exclusive rights to shit? Like, cool. You made a thing. You better make it keep being cool or somebody else is going to steal it, making cooler than you. Like that sounds like competition to me. Do it better or get out the way. Exactly. Careful what you wish for it, fellas. They could very easily be a better you random than this. I mean, I, I for one would listen to it. I probably would too. I mean, I would dream about it at least. And they would have a script to process it that works. <laughs> and they'd actually fix it in post. No, and they'd they're... cast us with and they would cast us with much prettier people. Well, I mean, some of us. Yes, Taj, we know you're beautiful. No, I was gonna say they're just gonna find somebody intentionally ugly to be me. <laughs> they're like, I want somebody bigger, so would, ugly. Would I, bigger... Like, I want to find somebody so ugly I throw up in my mouth when I see them. That that's that, that seems like Tosh. So you're saying they'll give you a face for radio? Yeah. How do you think that works? Like in Hollywood, when they have to cast an ugly character, like congratulations, you got it. <laughs> Wait, I'm the ugly one. Isn't that like, uh, oh, what's his name, Ron Howard's brother? Isn't that like his whole career? I, I don't know. I didn't know he had a brother. Yeah, he's like known for he was he's known for like being kind of ugly. I mean, don't they usually just use like prosthetics and stuff to make people ugly if they need someone to be ugly? I just typed Ron Howard into my search bar, and the fourth thing is Ron Howard's brother. <laughs> Your brother's more famous than you. Well, no, but he's he's the fourth thing. It's still oh, he's kind of funny looking. Like he was in Star Trek the original series as a kid. Yeah, he he just looks like somebody mushed the clay too much. <laughs> he's not terribly hideous. No, but he's he's also not conventionally attractive. And if you look at him next to Ron Howard, like the two as as not now, but like as young men standing next to each other, um, and then you kind of sort of mash them together in your brain, you get Alfred E. Newman. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be able to unsee that. No, I take it back. Even today's pictures, it just looks like an older Alfred E. Newman. This is the quality you guys have come to expect from you, Randa. Yeah, top that, intellectual property imitators. Mic drop, but don't drop your mic because it's not good for it. Unless it's the mic that's built into your phone, then drop that. I dare you. That sounds like that's from experience. Right on the corner. Oh, did you at least get a new one? A new phone? Yes. Yes, I had to get a new phone, but not because of the broken screen. I, I actually, it wasn't broken that badly, and I was living with it for a while, but it started acting up. So, yes, I did get a new phone. It was the one that you were asking me about. It was the, the Nord N200 that you were thinking about getting? Yeah, I actually did get it for my daughter. Yeah, it's the one that I wound up getting. Um, It looks cool, and I would ask her how it was doing, but like basically, since she's got it, she's been grounded, not been able to use it. So, I, I, I don't know how good it is. You could ask me how it's doing, but I haven't used it yet, so I really couldn't tell you. Oh, well, there you go. I'm hoping it's good because it, it was very affordable for what it is. Yeah, the one thing I don't like about it is, so far anyway, maybe I'll get used to it. They put the fingerprint reader on the power button itself, which is weird because you're used to grabbing a phone right there. So it's it, like every time I pick it up, it's constantly turning it on. <laughs> the first thing I do is disable the fingerprint reader. Yeah, I... I 
was considering doing that. I, I kind of like the fingerprint reader on the my old phone, but it's in the, the center of the back of the phone. And it doesn't really make the phone any more secure to disable it because no one knows it's disabled. So they're still just going to cut your finger off and steal your phone. I think for me, it was more um, the there was a thing and I forget where where it happened, where you cannot be compelled by the police to unlock your phone, but they can totally grab your finger and do it. And there's like and that held up in court. Oh, that's a good point. I like that. I was well, like, one of them. One of them is a thing, you know. And they can't compel you to give up something you know. But the other is it not. And uh, you wanted my phone. Uh, you, you, my lawyer, lawyer better be here and you better have a warrant. I, I mean, if they can take your fingerprint and get in your phone, they, they don't need that. That is what exactly. the court has said. That's why I don't use biometrics on anything. Didn't know that. I may have to disable it just for that reason. Not that I have anything to hide, but I'll be damned if I, give, if I tell them that. I got all kinds of shit to hide. I, I have nothing to hide, but it's also none of their damn business. That's that's what I have to hide. It ain't none of their damn business, period. Full stop. That's what I was trying to say. I guess I have nothing to hide, but I also have nothing to share. Maybe maybe that should be the thing that people say. is I have nothing to share. It's fine. Oh, I only wish people had nothing to share. Right? Social I've, I've media might be tolerable. To I've got nothing else to share. Does that mean this is the end? No, this is... <laughs>